When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Orange County Executive Steve Newhouse says that a state Supreme Court judge ruled in favor of Orange County's temporary restraining order against New York City for busing more migrants up into the county. I said, before you send those buses or anybody else to Orange County, you better talk to your attorney. And the guy was like, why? I said, well, the Supreme Court... Uh, just made a decision uh, that no more can be shipped up here, and he was floored. House Democrats launching a parliamentary maneuver to boot indicted Congressman George Santos from office. It's an effort to pressure Republicans by making them choose between kicking out their Republican colleague or allowing Santos to remain on Capitol Hill, despite his indictment on charges of wire fraud, money laundering, lying to Congress, and theft of public funds. We're having a wonderful time. President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris sat down with congressional leaders at the White House to try to hash out differences on the debt limit. It is possible to get a deal by the end of the week. It's not that difficult to get to an agreement. What gave me the most hope, and there were a bunch of things, is that everyone, including the Speaker, agrees we need to be bipartisan. weather's been so beautiful and songs like this this is john cafferty and the beaver brown band better known as eddie and the cruisers because when michael Pare played eddie in eddie and the cruisers and sang these songs it's really john cafferty and the beaver brown band this one on the dark side i love that movie love that movie and it reminds me of summer afternoons on the beach now of course eddie and the cruisers i believe that was jersey the jersey shore I live in Queens, and I got news for you illegals who think you're going to make your way towards Fort Tilden or anywhere near Neponset or Bell Harbor. I got news for you, Mr. Mayor. We're going to fight because we have to go through many, many months of gloom and cold and blustery 
wasn't a horrible winter, not a ton of snow, not Arctic freeze, but it was long and depressing. And the one thing about living by the beach, whether you're on Long Beach right now or down by Tom's River or Neponset, we wait for the summer. We can't wait for the summer. Yeah, and we don't want people who have not been vetted, people, people we know nothing about, walking up and down our beaches when our daughters are wearing bikinis and our homes were just fixed to the T. We don't want it. And this is where Ed Day up in Rockland County becomes a hero, a word I use a lot these days. I describe Daniel Penny as a hero. I maintain that. Ed Day's a hero because when he found out that the mayor was sending folks to Rockland, he threatened the mayor with physical violence. You may say that's a bit much. I say gorgeous because I'm going to do the same thing. I've got Vicky Palladino coming on today. I've got Joanne Ariola coming on on Friday. I've got Curtis. Let me just say this. i got to get to this Bill O'Reilly cut. Curtis Sliwa has become so valuable to this program. Yeah, he gets crazy, yells and screams. He's funny. He knows more stuff about this city, about City Hall, than anybody in my lifetime, anyone. Every time a story breaks, for example, yesterday, Riverhead upset about the illegals. He had it. Right? Fort Tilden, he had it. I don't know how he gets it. I don't know who he knows. He knows someone. And he comes on this show three times a week, soon to be four, at 7.05 in the morning, and he gives out this information, and it's really valuable. So, yeah, we have some fun with the drama, Bo Deedle, Peter King, any one of those guys, right, the back and forth. But the truth is, is he knows an awful lot. And he has nailed this story for months. And he's my source. So when I hear about another town bracing for illegals, I call Curtis. So he'll join me coming up after Brian Kilmeade at 7.05 this morning. It's a great guest list today. It always is. Somebody put on that um, Keith Smolin, my guy Keith Smolin. He made the Sid Rosenberg fan page. And for a long time, that fan page was anything but. Everybody there hated me and took shots at me. A couple of people even said the wrong guy died. <laughs> I swear to God, there was some of those. I didn't. Well, oh, yeah, some that of those, one. yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I love Bernie. I miss what? Bernie. I talk about Bernie almost every single day. But no one can do what I've done with this show. Nobody. Nobody. That's a fact. If you deny that, you're just stupid. But now we've uh, deleted and blocked a lot of these a-holes. And now it really is a fan page. And uh, somebody wrote something just so beautiful yesterday. That it nearly had me in um, tears last night. And it made me very, very happy to hear that there are people not just in New York, but in Florida, in California, even parts outside the country that get up in the morning. This is surreal to me and can't wait to listen to us. Up in Bethel Woods, Susan Otto Graham just checking in by my mom in Conianga Lake by Monticello. They're everywhere. That's how you get a 7.5 or a 7.1. And I bring up the ratings because we never really got them here before. And while the station is doing well, and I must credit John and Margot Katz-Matidis and Chad Lopez, 
on a job very well done. Well, the station is doing well. There is nobody in this city that comes close to me. Nobody. You can add up. This is true. This is a statistical fact. You can add up Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, and pick a third choice. I don't care. And they tie me. Tie me. They, if they beat me, it's by one-tenth of a percentage point. Three shows. But I know you're sick and tired of hearing me say it. You've heard others say it, too, but for some reason, when I say it, it tends to bother people because people today are so mediocre in most of the things they do that if somebody excels at anything, they get crazy. There is nothing to humility in the entertainment industry. That's what we're in here, folks. That's what I do. I don't read the news. I'm not trying to break news. Curtis does that. I'm not trying to be the next... I don't know, Walter Cronkite. Not what I do. And the guys that have been great at this job, the Stearns, the Imuses, all those guys, they told you how great they were every day. Narcissist, you couldn't even call Imus Don. You couldn't do it. If you didn't call him the I-Man, you're out. Who the hell refers to themselves as a nickname? And if you didn't say it, you were in big trouble. I mean big trouble. I called him Don once. I heard about it for two months. Now I call him Don. He's dead. There's nothing he can do. (laughs) But forget about me talking about the ratings. The best of all time. Say what you want about Bill O'Reilly. There's never been anybody better. And I love Tucker Carlson. I'm thrilled to death. Tucker is back at work with Elon. Tucker is probably, in my opinion, the second best I've ever seen. But there's a legitimate distance between Bill and Tucker. After that, I don't care who you pick third. There's a lot of very talented people including my man Brian joining me at 640, but it's clearly Bill and Tucker. Bill, of course, besides joining me 840 every Thursday and doing his morning updates 725 to 730 every morning, he's got a high-rated 9 p.m. weeknight show here on WABC. The no-spin news that he does on his website, BillOReilly.com, he brings here to WABC, 9 p.m. every weeknight, and does very, very well. Joins John Katsimatidis every Monday, joins me every Thursday, and I believe when you talk about the success of this station, his name is a major part of that. And I think most of you out there would agree. So when he started his show last night, Lewis, Justin, and Noam, with this little monologue, I can tell you that ever since I've heard it, I've been aroused. It was, Justin, without, before we even play it, how crazy was the start to that show last night? It it actually honestly surprised me, because I heard it early, like he sends, uh, he tapes a show. So I had the clip yesterday at 6 o'clock. Well, you had it because Bill texted me, Bill and I had a conversation Yesterday afternoon about something he thinks that'll work in the nine o'clock hour here. Something we've already done. Right. Basically, Lauren Conlon need to bring her back. I don't know what the issue was with Lauren, but there was a personal issue. I don't know. But Bill is right. He's like, Sid, you're the only guy in this town, the only guy that could put politics, sports, entertainment, gossip all in one segment. I said, I know. I said, you know how badly I wanted to cover the Tom Brady, Kim Kardashian story? He's like, you'd be perfect for that. This is Bill O'Reilly, folks. 
This is not Mario Lopez or Pat O'Brien. This is Bill O'Reilly. He says, you need three times a week to do that segment in the 9 o'clock hour. I said, I agree. And then he told me, oh, by the way, tonight, when you listen to my show, which I've already taped, I said something nice about you and the ratings. Something nice was an understatement. Let's go back to 9 p.m. last night, every weeknight at 9, Bill O'Reilly right here on WABC, talking about the most recent ratings, which came out on Monday. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, the program Common Sense, the radio station WABC. And uh, we just got the ratings for April. Uh, we did very well here on uh, Common Sense at 9 o'clock, and we thank you all. Sid in the morning. Wow. Boom. Big radio star. The biggest radio star in New York is Sid Rosenberg. Okay, why? Because he's authentic. That's why he's not a phony. Good sense of humor, curious about life, likes regular folks because he's one of them. So Sid is just knocking it out of the park. The biggest radio star in New York. Here's a guy that goes on Sean Hannity's show every week. You know, he goes on the Dick Chris Cuomo show on television. Of course, Chris doesn't do radio, but the biggest radio star in New York. Did you ever think, Lou Ruffino, in your lifetime, in your 30 years with Imus, that that dopey guy doing sports being suspended and or fired every couple of weeks for being too high to show up to work? Did you ever think a guy like Bill O'Reilly would say, and I quote, the biggest radio star in New York is Sid Rosenberg? Well, I could have told you that years ago. <laughs> Please. When, uh, the, the moment, one morning when you came in with grease on your face and pretended that your uh, your car and your tire. Flat tire? Flat tire, and you, uh, you smeared grease over your face. At least I showed up that day. I, yeah, okay. How many days Super. did the did uh, I must start the show on MSNBC? And he was such a prick. What he would do is he would show my chair, and it would be empty. So the the big one was the Republican National Convention, two thousand four. That was when I met President Bush forty one forty one, and I was in New Mexico. But President Bush came to our studios in Astoria, Queens, and uh, I know you know this. I spent thirty minutes. And I miss his office. He was not there. It was me, Bush 41, Chernoff, and some other guy. And for 30 minutes, all the president talked about was Texas sports. And he loved me on the show. He said, I got to tell you, my white barber loves you. My daughter-in-law, Laura, she loves you. I said, but Mr. President, I say terrible things about these people. Terrible. Ah, it's all fun. And then he gave me and Bernard a pair of green presidential couplings. Oh, I remember that. Which I lost at the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. But, nice. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> a, a well thought out present for so you. That's an idiot. Good. Yeah. Very nice. So I went out that good. night for the RNC. I remember I went to three parties. My cousin Norm Coleman out of Minnesota, he had a beautiful party at a cigar bar on the Upper East Side. And I stayed at the, the hotel right on, uh, uh, where is that there? Um, by the park, uh, the Marriott, the beautiful Essex, you know. And uh, Norm was staying there. So I went to his party first. Then I went to a Saxby Chambliss party, if you remember Saxby Chambliss. And then the third party I went to was John McCain's party. And it was at Cipriani, and I'll never forget it. I had a shot, I was still drinking, of Jägermeister 
with John and Cindy McCain. <laughs> I was, and then I went to another place. Afterwards, it was not a political party. In fact, most of the ladies there were undressed. What? So the next morning, I didn't make it into work. And I started the show by showing my empty chair. And then the time you're talking about, of course, I was late for work. And the, the, the guy who uh, parked the cars in the parking lot, you love that guy. He was like Bruno Kirby. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, said, yeah you late said, yeah. Oh, what was that? What happened with your tire? Oh, my. Oh, my. yeah, yeah. So You're going to be funny today. Yeah. That's a great impression. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. All right. Okay, right. Oh, you, you got tickets for the game tonight. Okay, I'll see you. So yeah. I, I go to the guy. I go, listen, I'm late. I got to act as if uh, my tire, you know, uh, flattened. So I said, would you mind helping me? So he actually was the guy that smeared with me, the two of us, the grease all over my face. But oh, got a lot here, right here. Oh, God, yeah, right. I always do that. But when you get a flat tire, you get a little bit of grease on your hands and your face. I walked in black face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was talking to Al Jolson, and I just goes, what the hell happened? He goes, I have a flat tire. He goes, hey, come on. <laughs> it was so bad. And Charles, I remember Charles staring at you like, "What did you do?" <laughs> That's exactly what he said. So those were uh, those were days that that were a long time ago. Thank God, don't feel that long ago. So to have Bill O'Reilly say that last night was uh, pretty surreal. And I'm going to play it at the top of every hour all morning long. Then that's it, just one day. <laughs> Bill will join us tomorrow. No, no. Frank Morano sure. checks in. He goes, clearly Tucker Carlson used his birthday wish yesterday to get you a strong ratings book. I didn't know yesterday was Tucker Carlson's birthday. Did you send him a uh, happy birthday, Justin, from the Sid Rosenberg show? Um, no, let me actually, I have, his, um, I have his personal phone number, I have his mom's phone number, I have his <laughs> wife's phone number, and I actually have his daughter's phone number. So let me text all of them, That'll and I'll let them idea. all know. Yeah, yeah. I like that, that's mm-hmm. a good idea. Yeah, send him some grease. <laughs> his daughter's number being of the utmost importance. Of course. Hey now. So thanks again to uh, Bill. Again, we got a monster show list coming your way today, starting at about 19 minutes with Brian Kilmeade, Curtis Sliwa, Vicky Palladino, Suzanne Miller, Noam Layden, Peter King, Joe Beningo and Nicole Maliotakis. Folks, that's just today's show. A hump day Wednesday with Sid and Friends in the morning. Only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
Barry Manilow. Daybreak at 6.30 on your hump day Wednesday. Parents, get out there and fight. Fight like it's your kids' lives on the line. Fight. At this point, uh, I am not siding with the mayor. Sending these illegals to schools all over the city, gymnasiums. I don't care if the gym is across the street. Certainly it's worse when the kids walk by these illegals in a schoolhouse. But either way, it's horrendous. Fight. You hear me? Fight like Ed Day did in Rockland County. Fight like I'm going to fight with Curtis and Vicky and Joanne to keep them out of Fort Tilden. Fight. It's enough of this crap. You want to be a sanctuary city? You want to be the Biden of Brooklyn? You house them. I think my friend Lynn said it best yesterday. 11 acres on Gracie Mansion. Put them there. Uh, the person um, I'm using in this example used the word scumbag. I'm not going there, but put them there. You got 11 miles, 11 acres, I should say. Put them there. You want to be a tough guy, Mr. Nice Guy? Hey, don't worry. I got it. I love these people. You're kicking veterans? Kicking veterans out of hotels? I don't care that you're going to relocate them. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. They fought for our country. You're kicking them out for illegals? How despicable has New York become? And I'm not making excuses for Adams anymore, folks. I'm done. If he doesn't want to be my friend, I don't, just don't care. I don't, I don't care. I really don't. I don't need City Hall. I don't need the mayor. I don't need the governor. I don't need anybody. I live a very simple life. I put on a great radio show. I go to the gym. I spend time with my family. I've got some really good close friends. I don't care who I upset. I'm sick of it. You're kicking out veterans? Putting these people in gymnasiums with little kids? And Jordan Neely is a hero now? The mayor should be embarrassed. I'll tell him. Tell him right to his face. And there was a, a young lady named Emma Fitzsimmons. She writes for the New York Times. She contacted me about five or six weeks ago. She said, you know... You and the mayor get along pretty well. It's weird in today's society for a Trump-supporting Republican radio host to be so friendly with a Democrat mayor. And I, and I gave her a bunch of quotes that were very nice about Eric. Then she emailed me yesterday and said, you know, the editor here at the New York Times, Noam, you're going to love this, the editor here at the New York Times is hesitant to put the article in about you and the mayor because even though you claim you've got a top-rated show, the editor at the New York Times, he doesn't know who you are. So he needs proof. And I swear to God, Brett Favre came to mind. You want proof? Take a look at this. If you know what Brett Favre did with Jen Serger. <laughs> that came to mind first. You want proof? Take a look at this. And they're not numbers. But, of course, I complied, sent the numbers and all that. But the point is, I told her, I said, don't run that column. Because I don't feel the same way now as I did about the mayor six weeks ago. Not even close. Not even close. What he's doing is disgusting. What Joe Biden is doing is criminal. So if you're a parent, go out there and yell and scream and fight. I'm right with you. I promise you, you can call this show, these phones. I will cancel guests in a heartbeat. 
to hear from parents in New York who are furious. You can call me anytime you want and let New York know we've had enough. We have had enough. Democrat leadership, these mayors, these governors, these blue cities, these blue states, they can blow me. They suck, all of them. So you want to call this show and bitch and complain, I'm your guy. Because I'm going to do the exact same thing. They are not coming to my neighborhood. I don't want them. I don't want them. You want them? All you liberals, Upper West Side, take them, baby. Take one home with you today, just like a toy. Go ahead. Buy one, get one free. Take them home. But you're liars. You're hypocrites. You don't want them, just like I don't want them. But here's the difference. I've got the balls to say it. Brian Kilmeade is coming up next, and Joe Nolan. But now it's time for the Tunnel to Towers update. Frank Seller, my friend and CEO, he's going to tell us how the foundation is honoring one heroic veteran in Texas. My man Frank, how's it going, buddy? It's an emotional day, of course, because it's a special morning because the Tunnel to Towers is back in Fort Worth welcoming Marine Corporal Patrick Myers and his wife, Mindy, and their five children to their new mortgage-free smart home. Corporal Myers was catastrophically injured by an IED in Iraq in November 2005. He's been waiting for a home like this for a long time. He lost both his legs above his knees and suffered many other injuries. There are so many daily activities that you and I take for granted, Sid, and most people do, that could be so incredibly difficult for a catastrophically injured veteran living in a standard home. Things like cooking or reaching for a glass, or just even a, a, adjusting the blinds. Corporal Meyer's home is specially adapted to suit his needs, his injuries. It will help him regain his day-to-day independence. And you know what? It's mortgage-free. And this will make his life and his entire family's life much easier. We are so honored and so blessed to be able to help our nation's veterans in this way. Visit T2D.org for more information on our smart home program. And thank you so much, Sid. Thank you, Frank. Uh, Listen to Frank, folks. Just donate just $11 a month for America's heroes. Do it today at T2D.org. That's T, the number 2T.org. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Alec here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. Find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers. Start out here in Toronto, up north, where the Yankees took care of the Blue Jays for the second consecutive night, beating them 6-3 to in the second game of a four-game set. This game came complete with plenty of drama and flair. The drama coming with the foreign substance ejection of Yanks starter Domingo Herman in the fourth inning, and the flair coming later on with the eighth-inning heroics of Aaron Judge with the ultimate game-winning home run. Uh, Herman's ejection is likely to trigger a 10-game suspension, putting the Yankees in a very tough spot for about the next two weeks as they're not allowed to replace a suspended arm on the roster. As long as they keep winning ballgames, though, all will be well. They'll try to keep doing just that tonight when they go for the series win in Toronto. First pitch is set for 7.07 p.m. with Ace Gear Cole getting the start against Toronto's Chris Bassett. And Bassett's former team, the Mets, they lost their opener in Queens with the Tampa Bay Rays by a score of 8-5. Justin Verlander, he was not good on the mound, uh, surrendering six earned runs on eight hits over five innings pitched. The bat, uh, he got booed off the field, actually. The bat showed up with Escobar, Alonzo, and Beatty all going deep. But it's hard to win in this league when you give up eight runs to the best team in baseball. Those well, the are... Mets now 20 and 23. Yeah, they are. They're three games under 500. Did you hear what I said? He got booed off the field yesterday. I know, Verlander did. I yeah. know. I saw that. That's not a great look. What is his third start as a Mets? Yeah, but you got to boo him off the field. 
<laughs> you got it. It's two terrible starts and one like. Okay, I know. You know. This is this is really unbelievable. Yeah, it's not going well. No. Well, I'm going and I'm going tomorrow. Ugh. Tomorrow afternoon, me, Gabby, and Pete Morgan, matinee, Rays, and Mets at City Field at 1 o'clock. I'm going to be there. Who, oh, who are you going to get? Oh, you might get a Peterson game, which would be terrible. He's still pitching? Yeah. He's 1-6 with an 8 ERA. I know. They they call they put him down for a while, and then they called him back up. Can you throw tomorrow? I can I, I can throw tomorrow, yeah. All right. Let me let me call Steve Cohen. Hold I'm going to be towing the slab down in the boogie down. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> He'll try, and uh, Mets will try and bounce back. Game two of the three-game set with Tampa. First pitch tonight, scheduled for 7-10. Kodai Senga versus Josh Fleming in the NBA. The Nuggets beat the Lakers. 132 to 136 in Game One of the Western Conference Final, they jump out to a 1-0 series lead. Eastern Conference Final, Game One between the Heat and Celtics, set for 8:30 p.m. tonight in Boston, and tonight on the Sheet of Ice, Game One of the Eastern Conference Final between the Panthers and Hurricanes, scheduled for 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Here are sports sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers, and I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at gobblelaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. 77 WABC. This is Sitting Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Well, folks, as you know, every weekday morning when I'm done at 10 o'clock, oh, this guy coming up next is terrific. He really is. Does a great radio show after me. And then, of course, a spectacular TV presence, whether it's Fox and Friends every morning on Fox News or his own show, which I love. Been a guest on a bunch of times. One Nation, 8 p.m. on Saturday nights on Fox News. He is the great Brian Kilmeade. Now, I get a, uh, a message from Brian's radio producer, Allison, who's a lovely girl. I love her. And she says, um, tomorrow will you join Brian at 11.35? This was yesterday. And I said, sure. That's a big-time show, 100 markets, blah, blah, blah. So then I go play basketball with my son Gabriel last night. I'm an old man. And uh, I go up for a shot. I come down, and I go, oh, my God, I think I just tore my hamstring. Not only do I think that, then I hit the ground. I scrape my leg, my knee. I'm bleeding everywhere. So I can barely walk this morning. And after my show is over, I've got to make that long trek over to 48th and 6th to the Fox News building to do Brian Kilmeade show. But for Brian, I'm going to do it. But just so you know, Brian, I am playing big-time injury today. Wow. I had no idea these series of events that took place. <laughs> and normally you would have called in sick? Um, yes. In most cases, this was uh, this is a serious enough injury to spend the day with heat on my hamstring. But uh, when you're getting a 7.1 in the mornings and Brian Kilmeade invites you middays, you go to work. <laughs> and we're over 100 markets. We're, we're, we're around 200 now. So it's going to be worth it. And I can get some back team for you to make sure there's no infection. You know, when you scrape yourself on, a lot of times these 
these uh, these uh, the cement courts that you play on are not sanitary. That's true. These are gorgeous courts down by Battery Park. And uh, anyway, I did uh, watch the Mets lose. I watched a little bit of the Yankees. I watched the Nuggets beat the Lakers a little bit. Then I went to bed, and here we are this morning. But the biggest story, of course, is uh, the mayor. And uh, I am very upset with the mayor. We haven't had dinner in quite some time. I'm reluctant to call him my very good friend these days because he's part of the problem, quite frankly, in this illegals. I don't call them migrants illegals. 122 hotels, 20 gyms. Little kids aren't going to school. Uh, they're scared to death of these people. They're kicking out veterans in hotels in upstate New York by my mom's house in Monticello. This has turned out to be a complete disaster, disaster. And quite frankly, the mayor hasn't done much to fix it, has he? Well, I, I love that he, I'm going to look on the positive side. I love that he is calling out Biden, not as much as he should. And I love the fact that he's kind of visiting this sanctuary city status. He says it was there before I got here, and we'll take a look at it. Now, what I don't like is not communicating. I mean, I know he doesn't want to get no for an answer, but just saying I'm going to eye 20 schools to put, to put illegal immigrants in the gyms. I mean, this might be these guys might be the best people in the world or the worst. If you're a parent, you can't take that risk. And now the parents are saying, I'm going to keep my kids home as protest. And I'm thinking to myself, didn't we just go through this? These kids can't be home. They have to be in school. In fact, we have to be working out. And this is another conversation. Extra summer school, all the kids are trailing big time in New York City. All the kids are trailing behind the rest of the country uh, because of our terrible teachers' unions and our decisions to keep them out of school so long. And even though we put tons of money into it, instead, uh, keeping the kids out, I don't think should be an option. But putting kids into gyms with, with other students, I mean, is it really, are we really at that point now? It's gross. And I know that Coney Island, for example, parents are protesting. They're furious. Other spots in Brooklyn, the illegals are walking amongst the kids. I know some of these schools, the gym is not inside the building, but some they are. And these kids are walking right past people who have not been vetted. We have no idea. So it's a, it's a complete nightmare. But I got to give credit to guys like Ed Day up there in uh, Rockland County because yeah. they fought it. And guess what? Those illegals never got to Rockland. So, for example, my neighborhood, which is gorgeous in Queens right on the beach, they are planning on bringing a whole bunch of illegals to uh, Fort Tilden. Uh, as well as now Riverhead on Long Island and other spots. And i got to tell you, I've got Vicky Palladino, Brian, coming on today, Joanne Ariola coming on on Friday, and I'm going to fight this with Margaret Powers and others. I'm going to fight this just like Ed Day did in Rockland County because at the risk of sounding not very nice, I don't want these people in my neighborhood. Sorry. Well, you know, you know it's, that is totally natural. We want to know who's coming in and coming out. That is totally, uh, that is that goes without saying in America. But, you know, when the mayor turns around and says, well, you're sending me illegal immigrants because I'm a black mayor. And if you don't want to take illegal immigrants into your town, you're a bigot. That's where that's where the rubber hits the road with me and the mayor. Well, that's why because they I, I, know there's real racism uh, uh, right. and they know when there's real bigots. And this is not an example of that. That's why and when you get I, called I, that. Yeah. When I started off the conversation, just say I'm done. Right. When I start off the conversation by saying I'm um, going backwards on the mayor. He does that racist stuff all the time. He called that day a racist and an anti-Semite, by the way, which is ridiculous because there are tons <laughs> of Jews in Rockland County. He called the governor of Texas a racist. He called, you know, he's talking on and on about Jordan Neely, how he's my brother. He's black. He's brown. I mean, Eric Adams goes to that way too often. I've told him on this show to stop doing it. He doesn't stop doing it, and that's part of the problem. He makes everything a racial issue. And i got to tell you, Brian, that's very dangerous. Well, how about this? I mean, you saw what happened on Friday. 
He's given a commencement address at one of these uh, uh, the city colleges, and they turned their back on him because they said he did not take Jordan Neely's side right away and ask for the immediate arrest of uh, of uh, of Danny. And of course he shouldn't. Then he eventually caves and then goes to Jordan Neely's side. So he's in the middle where he's alienated those on the left, like AOC, and then he alienates people on the right, like, let's say like you. And or other people that aren't even political that are just trying to live their lives. And all of a sudden they're being called a racist and a bigot. So he's in no man's land politically. So he's not too conservative. He's not too liberal. And to me, he's he's like a weather vane rather than a man on a mission to solve problems. Like you would say, maybe Bloomberg was like it or not. The guy was trying to solve problems every day and he literally switched three parties. So he's hard to get a hold of. But I don't know what Eric Adams is doing on a on a daily basis. He's a light years better than the previous mayor, but on a on a daily basis, he's just all over the map. I just wish he'd stick with it. But get you know this: the one thing is correct. The one thing that's happening that that Joe Biden can't control, he is hurting these Democratic mayors in every major city. Because he can't control the border. He's got the worst policies and the worst people in the world. And now it's boomeranging on him. He loves when Abbott gets mad at him, but he can't handle it when Adams does. Yeah, you said it best. Democrat mayors, not black mayors, because as we said, if Bill de Blasio, white guy, was still the mayor, Mr. Mayor Eric Adams in New York City, they'd still be shipping de Blasio migrants. It ain't black. It's blue. Talking about Joe Biden and his policies, the border, of course, is still a mess. I know they're cheering over there that since Title 42 went away, the crossings are down. And believe it or not, they're taking a victory lap. How about this? 88 terrorists. 88 terrorists could be one of those folks in Coney Island right now, including just yesterday, an Afghan terrorist found at the border this is also no joke. This is really serious stuff. This is putting our country, our country's security uh, in jeopardy. I mean, this guy, Mayorkas, if this is not dereliction of duty and Joe Biden, Brian, I don't know what is. Oh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable what's happening. And if anyone goes down there, they see it. My, my thing is they went from 10,000 a day, which is a record, to 5,700. And they say we cut it in half. Well, you already destroyed it. And you got 50% down from your all-time record, and the people are still on the other side of the border. They're just trying to figure out when to cross. Also, credit the Texas Lone Star Group. They, instead of just picking these people up, they're starting boxing them out, sending them back, and putting up in real time these razor wire fences, saying, sorry, you can't come in. So that message gets out, and suddenly these people go, you know, it's not worth it going here. I'm going to go to the port of entry. When they go to the port of entry, only because of local officials, when they go to the port of entry, they've, uh, they've realized if they ask for asylum and don't do the use the app first, they could be banned for five years, which I don't know how you reinforce that. But do you know there's a national call in Texas? They're now asking for everyone to send their National Guard down, and Florida has already answered the call. Wow. Not surprised. Uh, the cover of today's New York Post, Brian Kilmeade, reads, Whack job, how Hillary, the FBI, and the press plotted to destroy Donald Trump. My dear friend Michael Goodwin is on both of our shows often. On my show yesterday, he talks about how the deep state stabbed Donald Trump in the back. Now, I know that Nicole Wallace at MSNBC and Joan Mika there said there was nothing to the Durham report, nothing to it. What a waste of time, blah, blah, blah. They're wrong. There was a lot to it. Your thoughts on the Durham report being released, which absolutely exonerates Donald Trump from what we already knew, the Russian hoax. 
I mean, you, I, we, I'm going to break it down on the show today, and we're going to do this a lot. You know, Lindsey Graham's calling for the return of theirs for the Russia-Trump collusion that didn't exist. The Columbia Law Review has looked at it and blew up the New York Times. They talk about how the FBI, even Peter Strzok said to the New York Times, they said, you know, you're way off on this story. And it says the FBI couldn't breach for a comedy. He said, I commented, and you didn't put it in. They ran with this story. Even Bob Woodward came out and said, you know, this is pretty bad reporting. And not only did they not get discredited for it, they're holding on to their Pulitzers and their Edward R. Murrow trophies for a story that didn't exist, that muddied up this country's politics, destroyed families. Barbecues never happen because Trump is including with Russia. No, he isn't. Okay, stop calling me. And I'm not exaggerating. People listening right now could probably name four or five people, friends and family, they don't talk to anymore because of Trump. And most of it's because they thought he sold out and illegitimately won an election because Russia put him there. Nothing about that stands up. And for you, when when Joe and Mika and all these other people say that there's nothing there, it shows me they haven't read it. Or they, you know, it's impossible for them to comprehend what they read. Or one of their staffers who were reading them out loud didn't tell them the whole story. Because if you read the summaries and the 300 pages, you realize there's no way you read that and didn't don't say we were totally yeah, duped. But, but here's, here's and what's that, that there was no there there. Right, but here's what's dangerous about the media. They do know better. Don't forget Joe Scarborough, and he's only on because he's on in the newsroom. I watch you every morning, obviously, but he's on in the newsroom. He was a Republican most of his life. He knows better. He knows 1,000% the Durham report is accurate, but this is where the media becomes so dangerous. Caitlin Collins, last week, for example, at CNN, they know it's true. They know the Durham report is accurate. But in their attempt every single day to destroy Donald Trump and make sure he can't run or win again in 2024, they lie. They lie every day. It's not they're not aware of it. They didn't read it. They know they just lie every day because guess what? There are no repercussions. On the Republican side, somebody lies, you get a lawsuit. Democrats lie every day, no one cares. Hmm. I, I think there's a lot of people who are no longer involved in Republicans or Democrats who are independents, undecideds, or moderates. I think they care. They're, those aren't the ones with the bullhorn, but I think they care. And I think they could swing an election. And I just think if you get that message out there and keep pounding it, the people that are open to it, Joe Scarborough's not open to it. These people are not open to it. I, I, I was reading the Russia things. I remember talking to Republican senators, and I said to him, you know, what's the Mueller report going to say? I'm like, what am I missing here? And they said, I don't know. I go, do you think anything's going on with the Trump camp? He goes, I don't know. And this is a Trump ally that told me that. He goes, because, you know, some things that were going on we can't figure out. And now we find out it was all a hoax. They were building on each other. So, Sid, you do your show. I do my show. You quote me as an unnamed source. I quote you as an unnamed source. All of a sudden, we've got two shows with unnamed sources saying the same thing. It must be true. That's what they were doing. They were sourcing each other. Uh, and also the FBI, obviously Peter Strzok and others have an agenda. They hate Trump. They had a plan to destroy Trump. It was in text messages that Mueller discovered, not Brian or Sid. And this is this is what went into the fray. This was their whole objective. So they used the media and used the FBI apparatus to tell a story. And that story ended up hurting the country. And I'm going to go, go another step. I believe Vladimir Putin is evil, is our modern-day Hitler and Stalin. And I have no respect for him. But we pinned stuff on him that he did not do. 
and it prevented us from dealing with our enemy like we did during the Cold War, we totally cut off relations. Who knows what could have happened had we been able to talk to them through diplomatic channels along the way with this Ukraine situation or what they were doing in Syria. We just said, well, listen, every time Trump went up there, they said, listen, every time Trump talks to him, it just reinforces the story that he's in bed with Russia. So what happened? They didn't do anything. So for four years, this, well, our, our relations were in some mothballs. I talked to Nikki Haley yesterday. They said the, the Russians were laughing at us, saying, what do you think we did in your election? What do you think we're doing? Do you know all this stuff is not true? And then everyone says, you know, the Russians always lie. Well, it turns out this was the one time the Russians were saying, <laughs> yeah. we didn't do this. Yeah. Yeah. And now it turns out they didn't. What does that tell you? This is not fun and games in politics and polls. This is foreign relations and war. I think it's so dangerous. Couldn't agree more, Brian. Well said. This is why you're a monster. 10 a.m. every weekday on WABC and a superstar on Fox News. And I can't wait to hop on your show later on this morning, 1130 on Fox News Radio. Thank you for uh, hopping on this morning. You're on every week because you're great. I'll see you later on this morning, buddy. Thank you so much. I'm going to have a masseuse on hand to work your hamstring (laughs) while you're talking to me. Or at least get me one of those chairs, those like massage chairs or something. Make it happen. You got it. It's on its way. (laughs) I'll see you later on this morning. Go get him, Sid. Uh, You too. There he is, the great Brian Kilmeade. Follows me every morning here on WABC at 10 o'clock. Really does a great job, as well as Fox and Friends and One Nation on Fox News. Hour 2 about to come your way with the great Curtis Sliwa. Keep it right here. Friends in the morning, 77 WABC. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, the program Common Sense, the radio station WABC. And uh, we just got the ratings for April. Uh, we did very well here on uh, Common Sense at 9 o'clock, and we thank you all. Sid in the morning. Wow. Boom. Big radio star. The biggest radio star in New York. Sid Rosenberg. Okay, Why? Because he's authentic. That's why. Not a phony. Good sense of humor. Curious about life. Likes regular folks because he's one of them. So Sid is just knocking it out of the park. I was the third brother of Doing whatever I had to do to survive. Very kind, the greatest of all time, Bill O'Reilly. That's how he started his highly rated 9 p.m. weeknight show here on WABC last night, calling me the biggest radio star in New York. And who doesn't do that? I have a lot. (laughs) But he did uh, last night, so thank you to Bill, who, of course, will join me as he does every Thursday at 840 coming up tomorrow. But we do put this time aside. Uh, Once I said two days a week, once I said three days a week, it's about to be four days a week because not only is Curtis Sliwa an icon, a legend, a New York hero, and, and by the way, one of the greatest radio personalities as well, and the guy that started 
guardian angels devoting his life to protecting New Yorkers. He's a very, very entertaining guy. We have a lot of fun when he comes on, but he also knows more about this city than anybody else. And as all these neighborhoods, including mine, they're in Fort Tilden, and that's why Joanne Ariola will join me on Friday. He tells me Fort Totten is more of Bayside. That'll be Vicky Palladino today. All these neighborhoods that are bracing for these illegals, who's got the info before anybody else? Anybody else who texts me and says, Sid, they're coming here. I swear to God. And 12 hours later, he turns out to be exactly right. Curtis Lewa. Good morning, Curtis. Thank you. As you can see, I got my pile of papers. There's your mic. Uh, oh, you may be a great radio host, but you know how to use a microphone. No, it's okay. I, I can <laughs> yeah. use two. Uh, how about that? <laughs> but first of all, Bill O'Reilly, praising you. Bill O'Reilly only praises himself. <laughs> it's the first time he's ever praised anybody else. That, that, that's... Yeah, we should play, play breaking news for that. <laughs> but you deserve it. You, you deserve it, Sid. Secondarily, when information is brought to your attention, you don't just dismiss it. I uh, talked about Fort Tilden in your backyard. It's east of Reese Park. It's west of the Irish Riviera, <clears throat> which is Breezy Point. And I said that they've already done the specs. They're preparing to bring in close to a 1,000 single able-bodied men when you, say, when you say they've already done the specs, I find this stuff to be fascinating, and you know all the details. What do you mean by that? That means they sent a crew to look at the area. You know, they had all their equipment, and people jog over there. They walk their dogs. They ride their bikes. a beautiful place. I mean, the ocean is magnificent. And people are saying, what are you guys doing? Oh, this is for the Department of Transportation. What? There's no road there <laughs> that people use. <laughs> And so folks out there, the Irish, they're smart. They say, uh-oh, here they come. So they contacted me, and then I did my deep dive. It's part of the Sliwa and Sliwa team because my wife, Nancy, used to sell real estate, and she's an e-attorney. So she knows all about who does what, property, LLCs. Everybody hides behind an LLC, so it's impossible. So we did the deep dive. And then we announced that they're coming to Fort Tilden because, you see, the administration was saying, oh, Floyd Bennett Field, that's all smoke. That's all smoke. And, and it mirrors. makes more sense because, first of all, Floyd Bennett Field has a day camp, the Aviator Day Camp. And then you got all these dilapidated buildings. Where are they going to stay? I said that to you, and you said, Sid, that's the smoke screen. Yes. You're the real place. And once again, Curtis, you were 100% right. Right across the Gil Hodges Bridge, Fort Tilden. And then uh, I said for Totten, I called up Vicky Palladino. She had no idea. Nobody has any idea because what these folks do, and the mayor just drops them on you overnight. Bay Terrace, Bayside, Beechhurst, Whitestone, they all listen to us. And remember, these are two Republican strongholds. They did not vote for Eric Adams. They voted for me, and they voted for Congressman Lee Zeldin for governor. They never... So naturally, where are you going to send the illegal aliens first? Look, at day, Rockland County Republican. Steve Newhouse, Orange County, where they kicked out the veterans, kicked out the veterans to house illegals. Orange, he's a Republican. So they're mostly picking Republican areas. This is like, hey, F you. And yet people are unaware. Oh, Curtis is making this up. You know, he's just, you know, he's whipping it up. And then yesterday on my show, I got the final piece to the puzzle put in at 1135. I actually had it before. If you're about to talk about Riverhead, Long yes. Island, yes. you told me even before. Yes, but I wanted to do one last check with my wife. My wife has had some cardio issues. She's got like a skip, uh, and so we're concerned about her. She had an EKG. So I said, 
I got an answer. In her heart, you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, she has a skin. Does, does she have a murmur, maybe? Or? Well, we, we, we're, we're going. We're figuring that out. Is she out. going to the hospital today? Well, well she went for a little, uh, an EKG yesterday. We're taking it one step at a time. Well, but she luck. still insisted, oh, no, I got to finish this one. Yeah. And we nailed it. So on 12 uh, noon, you already knew, I announced that they were moving illegal aliens into Riverhead which is where the North Fork separates from the South Fork, and they have the county jail there with everybody from MS-13 there. And they got a lot of SROs. So naturally, the county supervisor there, excuse me, the Riverhead supervisor, did not waste any time. She's great, right? She she declared a state of emergency. She issued an order barring local facilities from housing illegal aliens. They were going to bring in a 1,000 illegal aliens. Wow. Hey, Steve Ballone, county executive Democrat, you didn't know about this? Of course he knew about it, but it's Riverhead. They always dump everything in Riverhead. You see, they're looking for locations that most people, they figure, would not complain about. To her credit, Yvette Aguirre, she she issued that emergency order ahead of time. Because, you see, Eric Adams has invited everybody to come to City Hall. He's like, Monty Hall, let's make a deal. <laughs> yeah. He issued to all real estate owners in the state of New York, whoever you are, even up in Plattsburgh, he said, if you got space, we got illegals to house, let's make a deal. We'll sign a lease for a year or more. And that's how they do business. And naturally, these owners and operators of all this space, no-tell motels, holiday inns, they are an LLC. It's easy for them to hide. Not just LLCs, but you've made it clear to me that lots of these hotel owners that are hiding behind LLCs, if you look and follow the money, they're the first to donate to people like Eric Adams, Kathy Hochul. So there is some well, some chicanery going on, isn't there, Curtis? Here's another one. Uh-oh. Okay, so tonight in Flushing, Queens. Oh, the home of the New York Mets. Your former friend. Or maybe future friend. I, I never know with you, Eric Adams. Yeah. Well, right now, you're close to the former. Is, I'm really pissed. Is having a fundraiser for his reelection. Uh, suggested contributions are $1,000 with a maximum allowable of 2100 Do you know who's hosting this in their home? Well, if it's any one of these people, whether it's Al Sharpton, nope. Bragg, nope. Uh, Letitia James, Jumani Williams. Not even close. Oh, how about Louis Farrakhan? No, no, not even close. How about uh, Kathy Hochul? Uh, let me give you the name Giuliani. It's not Rudy. It's not Andrew. Rudy E. Giuliani, cousin of the former mayor and his wife, Catherine Giuliani, who is a lobbyist at RG Group. A lobbyist are holding a fundraiser. And you know who's coming to the fundraiser? Real estate people in Queens, mm -hmm. let's make a deal. <laughs> I will have a team outside. Remember that scene in The Godfather <laughs> at the wedding of where course. the FBI is taking license <laughs> yeah. plates and photographing? Yeah. We are photographing everybody who goes in. We are taking their license plates, and I will report who these contributors are who own property in Queens who are prepared to make a deal with Eric Adams. Now, didn't I just see yesterday, Curtis, I thought I saw it at the corner of my eye on New York 1, that Eric Adams uh, has to pay fines now for some, also some shady money yeah, going his way. Got shade on his face. I mean, look, the guy who raised money for his campaign, you had on the air, Frank Caron. Leave Frank alone, he's my friend. I can't. 
because I'm on the trail of the Pakistani International Airlines that owns the Roosevelt Hotel. <laughs> yes. A lease was just signed for three years, $225 million to house a 1,000 illegal aliens. And um, I'm smelling around, and the name Frank Corona, who's now a lobbyist, keeps emerging. So I may have to come on this airway, Sid, and bust your very dear friend. No, no, we can't do that. Frank Corona. No, that we can't do. Look, I draw the line of Frank and Anthony. Sid, yeah. follow the money. I know that. No, Republicans yeah. or Democrats. You always follow the money. Follow the money. And Adams comes out, and it's like he's a victim here. Says yesterday, look. This is the last thing I want to do is put these unvetted illegals in gymnasiums, whether it's across the street or right next door. It's almost like he's the victim. But he's the guy who still, I want everybody to stop saying he called out Joe Biden. Mayor Eric Adams has not called out Joe Biden once. He has said national government, federal government. He continues to refer to himself as the Biden of Brooklyn. Biden's a blue-collar president. He's my type of guy. He wanted the DNC here in the worst way. Stop saying Eric Adams, because me just did it, called out Biden. He's never done it once. Not Spe once. Speaking of Brooklyn, 20 schools, their gymnasiums will be packed with illegals. That is the most horrendous, other than the vets in Orange County right. being kicked out of the Crossroads Hotel. Remember the Crossroads Hotel? An LLC in Newburgh kicked out vets in order to get the money from Eric Adams to house the illegal aliens. So you got eight schools that are in Brooklyn. Who announced that he's in favor of it? Because he knew it in advance. The borough president of Brooklyn, Antonio Reynosa. All the socialists know this because they want the illegals to be brought in. What about this uh, city council guy who was on my show a couple of weeks ago who I worked with when I was hosting mornings and he was on Opie and Anthony at WNEW back in 2000? This uh, Justin Brennan who thinks we're friends, but the truth is he's no good. Doesn't he know about all this stuff? Of course he does, and you should lose his number, Sid. Let me tell I you don't something. have his number, so uh, I don't have to lose it. <laughs> let me give a shout-out to his opponent, although he has to get through a primary. Many people have disparaged Ari Kagan because he was a Democratic city councilman. Right. And then he switched to the Republican Wait, Which, party. by the way, is very hypocritical of me because uh, one of my favorite relatives is my first cousin, Norm Coleman, cancer survivor, senator, mayor of St. Paul, great state of Minnesota. As you know, Curtis, he spent the majority of his political career as a Democrat, then became friendly with George Bush, yes. and is now a Republican. So I'm the last person who should hold out against so, Ari Kagan. Ari Kagan on Friday night blew the whistle about PS 188 in Coney Island. Remember, he's a Republican now running against Justin Brannan. Justin Brannan knew this was going to happen, right? Justin Brannan was, I'm confused about the you, dirtbag. You knew already about this. Ari Kagan cold busted him, and then he was asked, how can they do this? Quote, this is Ari Kagan. This is why they didn't notify people, because they knew the community would be against it. So they move everyone in front. That's why you got to organize ahead of time. And I'm telling you, I am on the cusp of coal busting a place that we all grew up with. i got to tie a few of the knots together. What do you mean we all grew up with, in a place in Brooklyn? place you and I grew up with? It's in the five boroughs. It's in the five boroughs. Right. We all know it. We all know we it. We all grew up, but part of our childhood was there. Right. The LLC was down at City Hall yesterday. Oh, my God. Ready to sign the contract. Let what, me just what, put When are you going to bust this? When are you going to bust this? Well, 
If I got all the uh, dots uh, connected, I'm going to yeah. do it today at 12 noon. Today at noon. Because okay. then I take the weight, right? You know, in case I'm wrong, Yo, you're wrong, you're fired, out on the street. Go feed the pigeons, Curtis. Hey, Jim Gennaro, councilman, wake up. I know you know. I know you know. I got one more not to tie. And my wife, Nancy, even with a cardio issue right now, is like laboring away. And, man, I'm going to cold bust you. And you knew all about this because it's coming from City Hall. City Hall is open for sale to anybody who's got property. And let me let me give credit where credit is due to our Cracker Jack News Department, who has the Cracker Jack prize in the box. To both Gnome Laden, who, as you know, I loathe, I hate, I despise Gnome Laden. <laughs> yeah. And to Flippin', yeah. uh, James Flippin'. Jimmy Flippin', yeah. Jimmy Flippin', right. So they wrote to F- F- Fabian Levy who is the spokesperson for Eric Adams. I speak to Fabian at City Hall quite often. He I may, used to. I used to. He may not speak to you after this. <laughs> so they write to him an inquiry. They say, hello, our host and former mayoral candidate, Curtis Lee, was reporting that Fort Tilden in the Rockaways and Fort Totten in Bayside in Queens have been surveyed for the setup of tents as to house migrants seeking asylum shelter here in the city. Is there any truth to that? And does the mayor's office have any sort of comment on that? Here's a quote. Hi, James. We don't comment on every pending site. We don't comment on every pending site. We don't comment. So he didn't deny it there, Curtis. Is that your point? Mr. Levy did not deny it. And by the way, I demand an apology from Peter King. I know he's back. He is. He'll be joining us at 8.40 this morning. He's listening right now. Had a big night with Inavernikov at the Knights of Columbus on Northland Avenue in Brooklyn last night. Wow, I wasn't invited. No, they hate you. But February 15th, you remember I announced that the leasee of the Nassau County Coliseum was negotiating with Eric Adams to house illegal aliens there. Monica Martinez, the AOC Socialist State Senator... Said it in the state legislature. I played the cut. Peter King said, you liar, you liar. Who came out yesterday and said, we're not taking any illegal aliens. Bruce Blakeman, your friend who can't even think and chew gum at the same time. I want an apology from Peter King because I was right on Riverhead and I was right on the Nassau County Coliseum. And now that he's healed up and he's ready for battle again, I want him to take a knee before me. I, I want him to take you. a knee before uh, I did see pictures of you and him through Melissa Zim face-to-face outside the studio a couple of days ago. And I would say this to Peter King, who I love dearly, and everybody else in this city. Do not bet against Curtis. And, by the way, do not invite an Eric Adams Republican to your meetings, Brooklyn GOP. Remember, Curtis Slewa should have been there last night. I didn't even get an invite. That is an awesome job, everybody. That's why he's on four days a week. He literally, he literally is doing the job of a thousand people trying to save our city. He's not punching somebody across the face on the three train today, but he is. He is punching people in the face in this city who are trying to destroy it. Congratulations to the greatest New Yorker, in my opinion, of all time. The man looking out for all of us for the better part of four decades. The great. Curtis Sliwa. 
The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Sunny day. Well, I got good news for you. As I see my friends Monica Crowley and Joe Pinion on Fox News, sitting there with Ainsley out of the corner of my eye. You got one today, sunny and gorgeous. Not hot, mid 60s. Going to be that way basically for the next three days. A little warmer yesterday. Nice today. Good weather for a ball game. Tomorrow I'm taking Gabriel. Really, Pete Morgan is taking me and Gabriel to watch the uh, Sucky Mets who sucked a big one, take on the team with the best record in baseball, the 32-11 and 11 Tampa Bay Rays. Morgan tells me um, Tyler McGill will start for the Mets tomorrow. Oh, not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, not exactly Tom Seaver, Dwight Gooden, or Mike Hampton, but I right. guess we'll have to take it. So, right. yeah. And uh, talking about the Mets, don't forget, coming up on Friday night, if you're anywhere near Hackensack, New Jersey, Stop by the Hackensack Brewery because for the first time in 19 years since 2004, Sid Rosenberg and Joe Beningo reunited the old midday show on the fan. He's got a very popular sports podcast, and he does a one monthly live show, and he invited me to come sit in with him, and I was honored and said yes. So I'll be at the uh, Hackensack Brewery with Joe Beningo coming up on Friday night. And parents, you listen to me. You go out there, you fight like hell. Play some of these. Uh, this is a cut number eight. Some of these Brooklyn parents who are pissed off these illegals or in their kids' school gyms. Play this, Lewis, number eight. Why don't they put them in Gracie Mansion? You're looking someplace to put them? Put them in the people who are elected who put this in place. Put them in their backyards because you've dumped on us long enough. I feel blindsided. We didn't find out about this until Friday. 
I feel that we were disrespected because no representative from the mayor office even came to say anything to us. And I feel that it could have been a better area to put him in. Obviously, these folks need some place to go, but the idea that our kids can lose out on their gymnasium is kind of appalling. I was scared. I was nervous. I felt like it was the wrong decision that they made at the time where nobody knew anything. My concern is our well-being about our children that resign, that go to school to get an education at PS 188. Our families that's walking around here not knowing who we taking in for sheltering for our safety and our well-being. We should help, but this is not the right place. Put them in the Javits Center. Put them in the armory. I think it's um, not fair that we don't have recess because it's the only thing that kids love. I love your class because it's, um, it gives you blood pumping. You know, Channel 5 wouldn't bring me on to talk about my book because I'm pro-Trump, I'm conservative, and lots of these, uh, you know, these pussy liberals that work locally at Box 5, they wouldn't put me on Rosanna Scotto's show. Rosanna wanted to do it, they wouldn't do it. But <laughs> they couldn't have been happy yesterday because i got to give my dear friend Rosanna Scotto, dear friend, love her restaurant fresco too, by the way. She beat the living daylights out of the mayor yesterday. I think Eric Adams thought, hey, I'm going on Channel 5 with Rosanna Scotto. I go to Presco. I dance. She beat his ass. So congratulations to Rosanna Scotto. And, again, if you want to call this show, I will cancel guests. If you're a Brooklyn parent and your child goes to 188 in Coney Island or 172 in Sunset Park or any one of these 20 schools, I don't care if the gym is across the street or inside that school. If you are pissed and livid, that you're paying taxes, it's not even legal. It's illegal to keep these kids out of the school gyms and recess. But, of course, you know what happens. You start these lawsuits, and by then, these people will be gone, and the damage will already be done. But you should be pissed, and you can call this show whenever you want. I'll stand there with you. I'm bringing on Vicky Palatino next because she's got to be furious. Fort Totten is next. I'm bringing on Joanne Ariola on Friday because my neighborhood, Fort Tilden, all my dear friends, the Sullivans in Breezy Point, they're about to be affected. We're not going to take it. We are not going to take it. Ed Day started it in Rockland County. Sid Rosenberg is going to finish it. I will be right there with you. I'll go to Coney Island, right there with Curtis. I'll go to Coney Island. I'll go to Sunset Park. You can bet your ass I'll be on the beaches of Breezy Neponset. And, of course, Bell Harbor. This is not going to happen. I don't care where you put these people. Like that lady said and my friend Lynn said yesterday, you got 11 miles at Gracie Mansion, Mr. Mayor. Put them there. Put them in the Javits Center. Put them on Governor's Island. Put them on Rikers Island. I don't care. I don't care. You want to call me insensitive? You want to call me a Trump guy? You want to call me nasty? Call me what you want. I don't want these people in my neighborhood. I don't want them. I don't want them. Figure it out, Mayor. Figure it out. Start calling Joe Biden by name. Stop the national government bullshit. Uh, uh, excuse me. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I cursed, so it's just stumped. Call him out by name, Joe Biden. Like Rosanna said yesterday, he caused this mess. You want to be the Biden of Brooklyn? Good luck. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends.
Quiet Riot. Well said here, folks. This is our life. We're not going to take it. We're sick of it. Sick of all of it. What uh, is stopping Mayor Eric Adams from just saying no, from not allowing these people to even come here? Forget about where to put them. Gyms, dangerous, kicking out veterans, disgusting. What's stopping the mayor from saying, nah, I'm not taking them? Put up roadblocks. I don't know. That's probably uh, something that can't happen, but it would sound kind of cool. You know who would say something like that? My next guest. Last time she was on, she was on because she wanted to keep drag queens out of schools. To me, that's an American hero. Today she's on because one of the bullseyes on these illegals happens to be one of her spots in her district, which she does a great job as, uh, District 19, as a council member, Northeast Queens, Whitestone, College Point, Bayside, Little Neck, Douglaston, North Flushing, but specifically Fort Totten. And a lot of my listeners love this lady. They get so excited when she comes on. Vicki Palladino. Good morning, Vicki. Good morning, Sid. That was an awesome start to your show. We're not going to take it anymore. Exclamation point, exclamation point. Uh, yeah, we're in a pickle here. No question about it. And then you made a statement just before. Uh, why can't we just say no? Uh, 100%. Why can't we just say no? Uh, it's time to say, you know, we did, we did our share. That's enough. 54,000 or more are here. Turn the city upside down, totally dismantling every service that we have in place right now. And uh, it's time to turn the buses around and say, no, it isn't hard to do. You know, it's time to revisit our sanctuary city status, which can be done. You know, when it was first put into place, it was put into place for good reason. Well, let me stop you right there, because that is one thing that the mayor has done. He was in court just a couple of days ago pursuing that, so I'll give Eric Adams credit for that. But listen, but he talks out of both sides of his mouth again, because, you know, he he touts Biden as a great president. These are all Biden's policies, all Biden's policies. And again, like I just said, I know it's unrealistic, but you actually confirmed it for me. Just say no. We're not taking them. That's it. It's That's actually right. 60,000 now, Vicky. 60,000. Right. We're, exactly. we're done. Listen, there's another way, too. Imagine this. Just, just picture a city like this that actually works together. Picture a city council that actually gives a damn. They all scream about humanity. Okay? We got a mayor in place. Well, how about we sit down behind closed doors, roll up our sleeves, and actually figure out what we're going to do here, because it's not just the mayor's problem. It's the districts and the city council, who, the city council people who represent these districts. What about that? Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Did, can you picture us sitting all around a table, rolling up our sleeves, closing the door? And not coming out until we figure out what the hell we're going to do here. Yeah, but how do you because do it? But how do you, when you have people like you, Vicki, you're great, and you have people like Joanne, who's going to join me on Friday. Yes. She's great. But then yes. you get somebody like a Justin Brennan in Brooklyn. Oh. How the hell do you do it? How do you do it? Look, you know what? You want to keep your job? How's that? How about calling people out by names? How about the mayor who is in this situation, okay, and I, me, and Mayor Adams is, is uh, let me just say this, you know, this was dumped on him, he got dumped on from de Blasio, he got dumped on this, but now, buckle up, stand straight, 
And you know what? Make it this. It's between us all. Work together. Come to the middle. He could do that. But you know what? Everybody needs to cooperate. And when you deal with people who do not think clearly, and that's my other colleagues in city council, who I say they're going to call, you know, I heard you earlier also, you know, call me all kinds of names. No, this is inhumane for the migrants, illegal immigrants that are coming here, as well as it is for the city of New York and us who live here, born and raised, whether you're, whatever it is. We are not doing our citizens the justice they deserve, and we are certainly not doing these migrants the uh, the, the service. No, we're not. But but again, you got you got to follow the money. I, I have Curtis Lee on. I'm about to put him on four days a week, seven o five, because he does more research and more homework. I'm really proud of Curtis. I really am. All the great work mm-hmm. he's done with the Guardian Angels. This is over the top. And you're going to come to find, Vicky, that these LLCs, these nameless, baseless LLCs that own these hotels where these oh, illegals are staying, they're all giving money to Eric Adams and Kathy Hochul, so they're not so innocent after all. No. these are, and when, We have one at the anchor in here in, on, in Bayside. And they just changed. I was on top of this. They, they contacted me. We worked together on this. Here's the issue. That guy who owns the Anchor Inn, uh, uh, two men who own the Anchor Inn, they are making, they went from $0 to $300,000 a month. Wow. And I have told my my district uh, and many other people that we just made this guy a millionaire overnight. Now, this is Kathy Hochul. Now, we say in jest, and I'm not kidding, turn these buses around. The front lawn of a White House, got a beautiful lawn, you know, that's a nice lawn in the front of the White House. <laughs> and, and they've got a really nice, you know, rose garden. Yeah. Dump them there. Then we've got our our governor, who I cannot stomach, okay? We got her up in Albany touting to us how we should do things down here. I say drop them on the Capitol steps. Love it. But that's in jest. We need serious, serious solutions. To this problem and coming short of closing the border with this no good whatever we've got in the white house oh boy let me tell you something short of that it's up to us as a city government to come together and say no and figure out a plan on what we're going to do well let me stop That's you right it. there by the way my mother 88-year-old Naomi Rosenberg uh, refers to Biden as the creature in the White House. It's a, a drop play all the time, and folks in New York love it. She's 88. She's up in Conyonga Lake by Monticello, and he has sent migrants up there, Eric Adams, and she's furious about that. But, but look, let's go to Ed Day, okay? Ed Day comes yeah. out, Rockland County, a couple of weeks yeah. ago. He physically yeah. threatens the mayor. My wife was like, he shouldn't do that. I go, you know what, Danielle? A lot of us are really sick and tired. We're pissed off. And, and, I, and I love what he did, actually. He's not going to hurt the mayor physically, but I love no. what he did because he actually voiced how a lot of us feel. So he filed a suit, and guess what? That hotel right now does not have to take in illegals. Do we all follow Ed Dace, uh, what he yes. did? Yes. It's time to take, you know, if, if we cannot sit down collectively and figure this thing out collectively, then you know what? It's t- people are. This is the. This is like the worst state of mind, other than COVID and people being locked out of everywhere. Other than COVID, this is the next thing that is going to kill our city. Do you hear me? 
the word kill our city, this is going to do it. And the lack of leadership that the city is showing is going to destroy this city. This mayor, if he could just stand up and say what he really thinks, because I'm telling you, I, in my heart of hearts, believe that this mayor does not want to go up against the radical left, but believes in his heart that he knows that he's going to have to do that. He is going to have to stand up, save this city. And the way he's going to save this city is by saying no. No, we're not going to take it anymore. We're done. We did our due diligence. It's not working. Okay, we've exhausted everything. And now you're killing us financially on top of everything else. Not just financially. I mean, God forbid, Vicky, one of these little kids... I know. At one of our schools in Coney Island or Sunset Park goes missing or some person right. touches one of these kids because they weren't That's vetted. Right. I mean, could you That's imagine? Right. And, and if that happens, all these politicians will deserve all the hell they're going to receive. This is Vicki Palladino, District 19, Northeast Queens, Whitestone, College Point, Bayside, Little Neck, Douglaston, parts of North Flushing. She's a great American. So on the way out, again, uh, I'm going to talk to Joanne on Friday. My neighborhood, yes. Fort Tilden, I'm in Bell Harbor, is uh, is on the list. Fort Totten, what are you guys doing right now to make sure that doesn't happen? Well, I will tell you this. Uh, Fort Totten better not be touched. It had better not be touched. Because if you want to really bring the people out in droves, let me tell you something. You touch our, You touch any of our military bases, or any of our federal, this parkland also. And I know Joanne has spoken to the park officials right now. It's not, according to them, it has, they have not been approached by this. People will go hog wild. Well, here's what you got to do, Vicki. Trust me, you can't wait till it I'm happens. You, 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 have to, you have to energize your forces right now before it happens and get them out there now, Vicki. And let me tell you, Sid, I am planning... Uh, the biggest fireworks show in the borough at Fort Totten on June 27th at 6 p.m. At 6 p.m. And it took one year worth of planning. It is going to be a tremendous fireworks show at the end of June. They, I'm telling you, can you imagine me having to bump a fireworks show because Fort Totten, we've got to put a tent city there? The people will go nuts. It's not going to happen. I have faith that it's not going to happen. But what the hell are you going to do come June, come July? Here's the question. If we're up to 60,000, trust me, we will be up to 70 and 80,000 by June and July. Uh, and we are, this won't happen. The base is already, the base is already loaded. Okay. Everybody's on base. You hit the, you hit the ball out of the park. People are coming out. That's it. Base is loaded. Yeah. You're up at that. Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> Vicky, this is why we love you, baby. You're great. Vicky, uh, her term ends in January of 2024, but she's going to win again because we need Thank more you, people like Vicky Palladino on that council, a real New Yorker, a real great American. Thank you Thank for you. coming on again, Vicky. That was Anytime, great this time. Anytime, Sid. Anytime. Talk to you soon. Bye, sweetheart. Take care, folks. Vicky Palladino representing... A large portion of Queens. And let me just say this. I say this every now and then about my guests. And it's a big statement. If you don't love Vicky Palladino, you don't love Jesus. 
seven WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. The program Common Sense for radio station WABC. And uh, we just got the ratings for April. Uh, we did very well here on uh, Common Sense at 9 o'clock. And we thank you all. Sid in the morning. Wow. Boom. Big radio star. The biggest radio star in New York. Is Sid Rosenberg. Okay, why? Because he's authentic. That's why. He's not a phony. Good sense of humor. Curious about life. Likes regular folks because he's one of them. So Sid is just knocking it out of the park. You broke my heart and you made me cry. You said I couldn't dance. And now I'm back to let you know that I can really make romance. He's so epic, so real right there, man. Listening to the best of all time. And he is the best of all time, and he's still great. Whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights on WABC, 8.40 every Thursday morning with me. Mondays with cats, all the books he writes. Bill O'Reilly is still the best. And, man, so many years I watched him. And and I wasn't big into politics back then. I was more into sports. But I, I really fell in love. Well, I fell in love with O'Reilly many years ago. But when Trump ran and won and beat Hillary Clinton, I saw a lot of people interview Donald Trump. Nobody came close to Bill. And why am I saying that? Well, because the Trump supporter told Trump when he farted, it smelled like roses. And the Trump detractor spent the whole interview like this Caitlin Collins did on CNN last week, acting more like a prosecutor than a journalist. The only guy that I saw that was able to criticize, not hammer, Trump, and get respect from Trump and do an honest, entertaining interview with Bill. So to hear him say that last night at the start of his show, that right now I'm the biggest radio star in New York, well, 100% true. Yeah, I said it, folks. Get mad at me. I can give a rat's ass. He's right. I am. It's not even that close anymore. But when I say it, it's one thing. When Bill O'Reilly says it, it's fact. Is that fair to say, Lou? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just muttering to myself, how many years is that yeah. cut going to get played? Every day I, yeah, I know. till I die. I know. Okay. In fact, I want you to text it to Rob Bartlett right now because <laughs> he's so busy he has no time for the show. I that's I, Probably it's going to be part of my eulogy for you, I think, if you go before me. Oh, I'll die before you for sure. Not, okay. No question. A hamstring usually doesn't kill you. I got I'm not saying I'm going to die from my hamstring injury today. Oh, my God. Uh-oh. Maybe it's all over it's right now. now. There's an alarm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I better get my eulogy quick. I'm writing it. What happens if, if there is a fire alarm? I can't and just leave the radio show. i got to look through one of Matt's 18 manuals back <laughs> yeah. here and see what he's got to do, probably. What to do when there's an alert. Well, by the way, unlike when Bernard died, and for some reason you got very little respect, like, and you showed up at everything and cried with me and all that, but you didn't speak at anything. When I die, I would hope you you say something. I'm I'm speaking at that. I'm going to push my way through like uh, Rita Cosby in a church. I'm going right through. Are you kidding? 
I'm oh, gonna dear, I, I think I'm in the front row. Thank you. Thank you she does push her way through. I don't like that about her. Phil had the best phrase. She manages to shoehorn her way through things. I love yeah. her. Uh, so she'll kick my egg uh, next time. Check me out, by the way, twice a day <laughs> with cats at 5 and then, what time is Sean at night, 10 o'clock or something? 10 yeah, something, yeah. In between Bill and uh, Dominic, I believe. Right, right yeah. before Frank. Yeah, yeah. Find All right, still to come, Gnomes Nuggets. He's coming up next. Then Congressman Peter King and uh, Curtis Sliwa is demanding an apology from King. I know we heard why. He'll be on at 840. My former radio partner. WFAN legend Joe Beningo at 9.05. Joe and I are doing a sports podcast together. First time in 19 years I'm going to work with Joe Beningo. That's coming up Friday night at the Hackensack Brewery. And then uh, Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis, she'll be here at 9.25. But uh, in my presence right now, making her third appearance, but second in only a couple of days, is a lady that's getting uh, gained some real serious traction here with her real estate podcast, and that is Suzanne Miller. Suzanne, welcome back. How are you? Hey, Sid. Thank you so much for having me back. It's nice to have you back. Uh, looking very sharp in your red and your black. A nice outfit today. Uh, last time we were here, you talked about Blue Mercury, and I said, my wife, Danielle, loves Blue Mercury. So we've gone to Blue Mercury's all over the city. And the last time we went to one, we were having a discussion with the young lady behind the counter. Blue Mercury, I believe, is owned by Macy's. Macy's is really struggling, really struggling, and Blue Mercury has never done better. But why is that? Because no matter what happens, women are going to wear makeup. It's like alcohol. It's like prostitution. It's like gambling. Nothing stops it. Not COVID, not a depression, nothing. And Blue Mercury is uh, is doing great, aren't they? Well, they're doing great. We've had a lot of great guests on the Miller Report. We're talking to all different business leaders about how to rebuild New York City. And I'm, I'm really all over that. After the pandemic, my company, Empire State Properties, we founded um, Furnished Housing. And the Lefracs came to us and said, look, the towers are falling. Can you come help us? We need to rebuild the neighborhood. And we did. We brought 5,000 people back to lower Manhattan. You know Battery Park City. It's, it's thriving. But this is different now. It's not just Battery Park City. It's the entire city that really needs rebuilding. And at the Miller Report, that's what we're doing. We're talking to different business leaders about their business as it relates to real estate. So yesterday we had Blue Mercury on, Mally Bernstein, and we talked about – it was fascinating because that company's growing. Yes. It's doing really well. They they're have, doing great. They have 180 stores. It started out online, but now they're doing great. Yeah. And it's very interesting to see the real estate needs. But you do, unlike my friend Corey Zelnick, he does commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. You do residential stuff. We do residential. We do, we're full service, but mostly my Empire State Properties is a furnished rental company serving corporations, bringing companies back to New York City. Okay, so they're rentals. You yes. don't even sell them for oh, the most part. We sell tons of apartments. We do, but you our do. niche is furnished rentals. Got I it. founded furnished rentals. We were the pioneer in the 80s. Right. So, I mean, what I'm doing right now is staying in a furnished rental. You should have I don't pay Empire. for it. The insurance company pays for it, but that's what I'm doing. Yes. So you mentioned Leprac City. Yes. Give me some other places in the five boroughs where you guys are working that uh, in the last a couple of years were going sideways, and now you feel like are getting better. Well, first, you could talk about downtown Brooklyn. You could talk about in the whole Myrtle but Avenue. But downtown Brooklyn been nice for years? It's been nice, nice for years. We've done uh, Queens. Uh, uh, Elmhurst, we've done uh, Staten Island, we've done Long Island, I mean, the, the Hamptons, every borough. 
But we're seeing that the pickup is, is, is happening. I'm, I am concerned about the business leaders. We're talking to them on the Miller Report about fixing and trying to rebuild New York City. Who are some of these business leaders that you feel like need to do a better job? Call them out. That's what this show is all about, Suzanne. That's where we get big ratings. Who do you need more help from to make sure your, your job goes We need easy? help from the politicians. We need to re- reinstate. Give me, give me a name. Our mayor. Our Eric governor, Adams. Okay. Our, our governor. Right. We need to reinstate 421A. I've had people on the podcast talking about they don't want to build. They have these beautiful streets. They have vacant land. You're not going to get a developer that's going to build unless they get a tax incentive. Is that what 421A yes, is? Yes. It was, okay. is an incentive to get the developers to build, which they it, it has not been renewed. It's not in the budget this year. We talked about Blue Mercury. So especially Manhattan. I'm staying away from Brooklyn for a second, which is more residential. Uh, Manhattan, it's weird. We live on top of next to stores. I never got that. But when Century 21 reopens yesterday, mm-hmm. which is a huge deal, I actually bought this jacket at Century The one 21. on Liberty Street? The one by, by the Freedom Tower, yes. yes. Uh, when that reopens, and which it did yesterday, Inavernikov was there, that's a very, very big deal. Big deal. And, and it has to be a big deal for you, too, yes? Yes, yes. Well, we've had people on the podcast from, let's say, uh, Dale from Cushman and Wakefield. He was talking about how the retail is coming back. The prime buildings are doing well, but still, we need to rebuild New York City together, and that really is my motivation for doing the podcast. Do you have any meetings coming up in the near future yes. with Adams, any of these folks? Well, next week I have a very interesting guest. I have the owner of the largest garage company, Rafael Lopez. They used to own Quick Park and Icon. Now they have City Park. It's the largest garage company. They have 200 garages in New York. Oh. We're going to talk about that's the some, batteries. That's some racket right there, by the well, way. Well, think about it. How, who is looking at the infrastructure? How are the bridges going to be handling all these batteries? The garage fell. This, this is a big issue. Again, it's about real estate infrastructure rebuilding New York City. I think my wife paid 800 bucks a month to park her car in this garage. It's It's got to be one of the greatest businesses in the history of mankind. Yes, cash. I don't exactly. I don't know what it costs capital to to, to to buy one of these things, but the the money coming in is outrageous. And the city charges a fortune. I mean, one of the things we took into account moving out of the city, it's not just rent, but it's parking your car. Now I've got my own driveway in Queens. I don't pay anybody to park my car. But that becomes a big hassle in New York City. Yep. And people go, well you don't need it. You got the trains well, people are afraid to take the trains. Well, you got the buses. I'm not waiting for an effing bus, excuse me. So the whole parking garage thing is a big issue because, yeah, they, they want to keep people away from using their cars, but people are afraid of public transportation. Well, how are we going to fix that, Sid? You tell me. Well, I think the first thing we should do is talk to, to our mayor about providing housing for our police officers. Why shouldn't the police officers have the best places to live in the city. They should be, they, you want them to work? Housing, is, real estate is the most important criteria in any business. I think it's the, ble- the bread and butter of any business. It's the blood of any town, particularly this one. And police is what we need. So we want to fund the police. We want to give that. them, we want to give them housing. Love we it. want to give them more money. We want to give the teachers more money. We want to rebuild the infrastructure of this town. Well, talking not rentals, you're talking about buying residential. Mm-hmm. So right now, interest rates are through the roof. Mm-hmm. For some reason, the um, the Fed believes that raising interest rates is going to combat inflation. I haven't spoken to one really smart economic person yet, whether it's Larry Kudlow, Monica Crowley, Ron Insana, Charlie Gasparino, who necessarily agrees with that. So with interest rates going through the roof, and they still are, mortgage rates are okay, but interest rates are through the roof, 
What about buying houses these days? It's got to be brutal, no? Brutal. I think you're never going to time the market perfect in buying a house. And if you want to buy a house, you should always do that. I think it makes more sense to buy than rent. If you look at renting an apartment, a $5,000 is an average rent for a one-bedroom in New York. That gives you an $800,000 mortgage. Right. So it really does make sense to own, and I think we're going to see a big uptick in purchases. What it's all about is the stability. People will buy when they feel safe, when they feel that it's secure. And they what is the up. average apartment in the city? Two-bedroom, two-bedroom. What is it not rent for? Because I think my apartment right now rents for about $8,000, which, again, is just throwing money out the window. Just throw it out the window. At least now I've got a home that I can, you know, I own it. Uh, the average two-bedroom apartment in the city, mm-hmm. what does that sell for? $2 million. $2 million. Yes. One bedroom is about $1 million. A million dollars. How million many square dollars. feet is that? I'm curious. For the one bedroom, yeah. it's about 800 square feet. That's big. A typical <laughs> one bedroom big. is 600 yeah. foot. Yeah, and you're still going to spend a million dollars. Yes, and you won't get very much. The issue is people are not buying, they're not selling, so things are really on hold. Yeah. Because why would you want to buy something that's going to cost you more per month because interest rates are higher? Right. So really so does. It's, just, it's really just on hold. That's what's keeping the rentals. But rentals will get better if we co- if we reinstate the 421A, and the developers have an incentive to build. We need to be able to make the city friendly to the capital people, the people that are funding the city, the developers. I had John on my show a few weeks ago, John yeah. Castamitidis, and he said, why would I give New York another billion dollars? He's right. Why would he? Why would anybody? I had Jerry Pai from, he's a Chinese developer. He's like, I own land. I'm not building it. I'm waiting. Everybody's waiting. Wow, even the Chinese developers are waiting? Even the Chinese developers That's are That's shocking. Yes. See, John, I'm not surprised, but the Chinese, they're buying up everything. They don't care. They're they buying have so much cash. They're buying it, but they're not building it. Yeah, yeah, wow. Um, okay, so give me right now, on the way out, Suzanne Miller, your podcast is on what day now? The Miller Report every Wednesday morning. You've got stay tuned next week, Rafael Lopez from, uh, from the garage business. Okay, so I bring on a stock guy, for example. I go, give me for this week, like Jim Cramer would do, yelling and screaming, these are the three stocks. Give me the three best places. And when I say best, I mean safety. I mean money, you know, the, the, what you get for your dollar, amenities, that type of building that you're moving into. Give me the three best places Suzanne Miller recommends right now to rent in New York City. I would say Tribeca. I would say Upper East Side, and I would say Downtown Brooklyn. Wow. Tribeca, Upper East Side, and Downtown Brooklyn. Great stuff. Good to see you. Thank you so much. You're becoming like a a huge superstar at this station. Well, Sid, I love listening to you every morning. Thank you. You fix the politics, I'll fix the business. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. We're one big team. Okay, the Miller Report. Stay tuned. All right, Miller Report comes out uh, every Every Wednesday, Wednesday. 930. There you go, folks. Suzanne Miller, thank you so much. Great to see you. Lots more to do. Gnomes Nuggets, Peter King, Nicole Maliotak. Joe Beningo and more Hump Day Wednesday with the number one talk show in New York City by a mile. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. But I love you, Suzanne. I love you when you could. Babe, I love you when you're bad. You do what you gotta do. But I love you, Suzanne. Is sit in friends in the morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know.
Love at 8.30 Wednesday morning. Back here on Sitting Friends in the Morning. Been a great show already. Really great. Brian Kilmeade, Curtis Sliwa, Vicky Palladino, Suzanne Miller. Once again, still a come. Peter King, Joe Beningo, and Nicole Maliotakis. And my hamstring is getting worse. It's like uh, stiff now. So, Well, I hurt myself playing ball last night with my little boy. And I fell down like an old man. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, but my leg uh, kind of like hyperextended, if yeah. you will. Well, obviously it did. Yeah. Now so and then I started bleeding because I smashed right. my... Uh, right. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, well, your problem is he's not so little anymore. No, he's not. No. Uh, and he's uh, probably getting pretty athletic. He's good. No, Gabe is good. 14, he's good. But, you know, I'm still the best player on the court. That's I'm an fine. old man. And I go out there and I try to relive the glory days of right. Marine Park, Brooklyn, right. circa, you know, 1990. Right. And um, every time I walk off the court, I'm hurting. But last night, I legitimately hurt myself. Right. And, of course, you bastards, uh, not one of you care. I mean, well, it, it's I a mean, big joke to all of you. I can barely walk. I mean, you, you, I got a lot to do today. I got to walk to Fox News. I got this book signing with A.J. Katsimatidis tonight. How about a little sympathy for your guy? I'm just saying, the second you, uh, you know, yank your hamstring and roll on the floor and cut yourself in pain and you're writhing in pain, yeah. that's that's the moment you, you become the worst player on the court. You know, you go from like the best player on the court oh, no doubt. to the yeah. worst player yeah. on the court. So. And then you humiliate it. Go no, home worse and... than that, the yeah. joke on the court. That's oh, what you so become. God. Like, yeah. hey, can you not bring your dad here yeah. anymore? <laughs> oh, he the, that's what Gabe's going to hear. Um, Shut up, Lou. I like your dad, and his show is great, but mm. he's, does he still think he's like, uh, you know, Clyde Frazier? you got to <laughs> take him away. Come on. He's like Euro-stepping to the basket. Yeah. Like a weird so the longer I sit here, the more stiff it gets, and then... I just I, t- I want to go make a pee pee just now because I pee a lot too just so you know. Okay. <laughs> Don't be confused. I, I look like a million bucks. I'm tan. Don't be ripped. confused. Uh, don't be confused. I look great. I do. I, I could grace any cover of any magazine. I could be a star in any movie. I could do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm stop, a mess. So yeah. stop complaining. I, but I can't good. do. I can't even walk to the bathroom to make pee pee. Would you rather have it this way, or would you rather like uh, be, oh, no. be completely no, uh, no, like, like totally like healthy? And, let, let me, no let me remind you of, like of, of the great Billy Crystal mm-hmm. uh, character on SNL, Fernando Lamas, who said, "You look marvelous. Uh, doesn't matter how you feel; it's how you look." So, right. I'd much rather feel the way I do, which is minute from joining Bernie, <laughs> oh my but look great. <laughs> 
What? Too soon? <laughs> it's like you're right on the line, you're right on the line, you're right on the line, and then you, right. like, full-fledged... Yeah, but in the meantime, all three platform. of you left. All three of you, no hard bastards, well, all left, including Gnome. Because I see Gnome laughing. Gnome? I'm, I'm, I'm not laughing. Yeah, you were laughing. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm starting to write the uh, plaque for the window for you, actually, right now. It's going yeah. to be kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, well, funny. it started with a hamstring... <laughs> But we yeah. will miss him. No, no, get so. on him. You better start writing that you. <laughs> Let me remind you, <laughs> while you're all laughing it up, you get it up, you bastards. Let me remind you that my teeth were killing me in London. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. And then um, remember that time I had chest pains not that long ago? Yeah. I mean, I, my, my friend Tracy Bowden, she passed away. And, you know, I, I told the whole story Monday. Today happens to be the cemetery. A wonderful girl. A God, a great girl. Uh, parents, Mary and Frank, I love them all, the brothers and sisters. I call. When I find out she died, I was really broken up about it. And I call to say I'm sorry. And the mother, a mother goes, well, you need to go to the doctor, too. I go, Mary, I'm calling about your daughter. She goes, yeah, but we listen every day. You, you said you don't feel well. Now, her daughter just passed away. She's a great mom. So even her grieving, losing her beautiful little girl, showed more sympathy yeah, look at us. Then any, yes, yeah, look at you. I feel bad. Mm. Huh? All gonna, right, what do you want me to you, say? You're going to feel bad. Trust me. What do you want me to say? Say something, I'll say it. But it's Dominic and Curtis every morning starting next week. I'm giving you, please don't. Say it. Worst no, and Greg Kelly, that'll be great. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was funny. Now, so, Curtis, we've lost a really big yeah. part of this station uh-huh. and a leader uh-huh. and one of the great broadcasters. What? can we do about this uh-huh. to keep our city moving and functioning in the right direction? Very <laughs> yeah. good, Lou. So somebody mentioned Greg Kelly. I think it was Justin. So I guess Greg Kelly mentioned me yesterday on his program, and the listeners want me to like him so much. I don't dislike Greg. I love his father. He's the best police commissioner ever. I love his mother, too. Greg's fine. He just has that douchebaggery going on. He walks in with sunglasses like he's a big star. Congratulations, by the way, to Greg. Congratulations, because Newsmax did beat the living daylights out of CNN. So congrats to Greg Kelly. So somebody calls me yesterday and goes, hey, Kelly was pumping you up at the top of his show today. I go, come on. Cheryl Marie. I go, come on. No, no, he, he was. So I go, I go, well, hey, Justin, pull the audio from Ellick, from uh, Greg Kelly's show today so I can hear this because... I knew Bill O'Reilly pumped me up. You would say that's pumping me up. So I go to uh, Alec, get the audio. You listen to this and tell me where Greg Kelly pumped me up. Play this, Lou. I think it's 19. It's 19. Standard operating procedures, right? They're supposed to do all that stuff when when opening an investigation into anybody. Into anybody. Somebody walks off the street and says, hey, uh, I heard something about... um, uh, Sid Rosenberg. Yeah, I I heard he's doing this, that, and the other oh, thing. So you not exactly pumping me up. He, he he has some type of he's talking about some something. Somebody being arrested by the FBI. Use my name. Not exactly. Sid's got the best show on radio. Would you <laughs> would you weird. say no? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Take it away. Quick. We got three minutes, guys. All right. Uh, uh, you know, yesterday we told you. Uh, by the way, uh, soon enough you won't be able to beat Gabe in basketball. I Why just is that? Point because I have my Gabe, who I would do give like a nine point lead. I let him score nine baskets, and he'd feel really confident of himself that he was about to beat me up to ten. And then I could score ten straight bas- baskets on him because you know I was bigger and stronger. Right. Now he's nineteen years old. 
and he just destroys me and loves every oh, minute. Hold he on scores a like, yeah. You're not comparing your athletic ability to mine. Yeah, I am. I, play, well, I, I, I played high school season. basketball. Oh, here he goes. Every, every oh, what every, position every, did you play? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, I was a guard. everybody was in the Dodger I organization. I played high school I basketball. Was. John Stockton. All, over here. I was. All, all four feet eleven of you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> your name is Nome, as in G N O M E. Right. Not exactly. Well, well, no, 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 no. So I know you're right, though. We're getting older. We used to yeah. be really good. Well, he's older, your Gabe, than my Gabe. Yeah, he's nineteen. Yeah, so he's got five years. Yeah. He's stronger and older. And, and I had that moment where I fell on the court. This was recently because I was really? in college. Yeah. Oh, this is on awesome. to the you know uh, outdoor court. Yeah. And I had I can't remember the last time I fell like really fell like I was chasing the ball and I just somehow lost my balance. Did you hurt yourself? Yeah. Oh, great! It was awesome. <laughs> did you wake up? Did the next day you walk no, limping like me? No. Yeah, I did. But the worst part was yes. he came running over to me like an old man. He's like, "Are you yeah, okay, me Dad? Too. Me too. Dad, are you all right? Like he was like dying. so worried. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself. Oh, I kind of remember being that way with my dad. I know. And I was like, oh, no, I hit that point where he's looking at me like, you're an old man. <laughs> and you fall down. It's like serious when you fall right. down. You might actually need some medical attention. <laughs> right. You know, in all seriousness, you just put it perfectly. Everything you just said about your experience with your son, Gabriel, all of it is exactly how I felt and feel right now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So well done. You nailed it. All right. Well, I'm glad you're okay. Uh, you know, I'm fine, but now I can't. I try my hardest to beat him, by the way. You still can. Oh, no. He just, first of all, he's much taller than right. me. Well, here's what we'll do. When my hamstring heals, right. sometime this summer, it's going to be the battle of the da dads versus the Gabes. Okay. And me, me and you are oh. going to take on your son, Gabriel, and my son, Gabriel, I don't, I don't like in a this. charity match. All the money will go to the Dyspraxia Foundation for America. It'll be for a good cause. And you and I are going to beat the living crap out of our sons. And if we so don't, fun. we're going to beat them up physically on the court. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that I can still do. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally. Let's do it this summer. Yeah, That'll be fun. Oh. We, yeah, but we're going to preemptively get a couple of ambulances to stand by the court. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't like Oh, how, boy. How All right, I, save your report uh, yeah, for, for tomorrow. tomorrow. Oh, and uh, we got Peter good. King, yeah. Joe Beningo, <laughs> and Nicole Maliotakis, a tremendous trio about to come your way. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. Crazy, great song. First gift Daniel ever bought me back in 1991 was a CD of this song by Seal. I'll tell you, one of the uh, stations, the TV channels, that Daniel loves to watch is HGTV. We just bought a house. And we like all those shows, how to improve your house. So she loves this show with these twin brothers. They're great. And uh, they've got a show on, I believe, Sundays 
and it's a celebrity version. And there's always a celebrity that wants to fix a friend's house, like a housekeeper or relative. And ironically, Sunday's was Heidi Klum, who I must tell you looks gorgeous. She's like 50 years old. She looks great. Not my type. But we know that. Oh, no, yeah. she looks great. And uh, to quote Trump, not my type, but she does. And so these two brothers, were uh, they had Heidi Klum on. And you know that Heidi Klum was married to Seal. You talk about odd couples. Like, uh, I don't know, I'll give you an odd couple. Who's that uh, country singer with the stupid hair? He was married to um, Pretty Woman. Oh, 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 you're talking about uh, uh, the guy from Foreigner. No, not from Foreigner. Foreigner. Uh, he's a country singer. Yeah, yeah. He was oh, married. Yeah, oh, he's the country singer. He's I thought a, you were talking about Mon- The country what? singer married to uh, the girl who played Pretty Woman, Roberts. Uh, uh, Ju- yeah, Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts. What was his name? Um, uh, it was a weird couple. It was, it was it Dwight Yoakam? No, not Dwight Yoakam. Well, I forgot his name, but it was a weird couple because she was yeah. gorgeous. He was odd-looking. There and was a, Shields, good-looking guy, but his face is all left right. up. He's got those scars everywhere, well, you know. Shania, and she's a, a supermodel. Yeah, and Shania Twain, yeah. who's beautiful. Right. People ex- said that about me and Danielle for years. Trust me. I <laughs> she with him. Find out the name. I think it was Lyle Lovett, right? Lyle oh, Lovett. Lyle Lovett. There you That's go. Him. That's him. <laughs> My next guest. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Great congressman, as far as I'm concerned, uh, right there with Rudy the two best politicians in the history of New York, and a dear friend of mine as well, the great Peter King. Home and well, thank God. Peter, how are you, buddy? I tell you, I'm doing a lot better than you. I mean, yeah, I had part of my stomach taken out, but nothing, nothing at all like uh, <laughs> you and your torn hamstring. Really, wow. Are you making fun of me? No, but how could I do that? I mean, no, you're just, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm with Lou. We just you know, revere you. We think you're well, a, well, you a should. legend. Let me I mean, tell you something, Pete your... King. Let me tell you something, okay? For as big as you are and popular and you are a right. magnificent man and 40 years a great politician, when you host an event for Inavernikov on Nostrand Avenue in Brooklyn, New York, at the Knights of Columbus and mention my name, you get the biggest round of applause. So I must be a somebody. Yeah, I was actually taking a shot at you. They were saying, how can we get people in the media to stand with this? And I said, well, listen, I'm doing the job tomorrow. I'm going on with that crazy Sid Rosenberg. And they started applauding. They started applauding and cheering and all that. And I, I interrupted my speech. And oh, here I am trying to think of a shot. You're calling you crazy. And people are applauding it. I love well, that. One thing we have to talk about, you know, our mutual friend, Melissa Zim, and our mutual friend, Joseph Abood. Melissa knows this guy who owns a 1963 Buick Regal, a Joseph Abood edition. He has said he will drive anywhere. He will do anything at all possible to get Joseph Abood to sign the dashboard of his car. And I told Melissa I'd talk to you, your friend of Melissa, your friend of Joseph Abood. So am I. If you can work this out, you're golden. Done. I promise. Done deal. Let me tell you, it's funny you bring that up. Because Joseph and I had the conversation about those cars. And we know, of course, Joseph made his bones as a fashion designer, dear friend of yours, mine. I miss all these years. Had his own radio show here on Saturdays not that long ago. But, Peter, he was so proud of those cars. And it never really took off to where Joseph Abood became known as that guy for the cars. But he was so proud of that collection. It's amazing you brought that up. And I promise you, Joseph will sign that guy's car. I promise. You know, now I feel bad, though, because I was going to say that I thought his design of the car looks a lot better than the suit, suit uh, this wardrobe you wear out. But it must be you, not, you know, not, not Joe. It must be you. you That's know. funny. That's funny. It is me. It's not the car. That's funny, Peter King. See, Pete's got it all. He's smart. He's funny. And Pete can hit a grand slam home run. He already said a three-run home run. It could be a grand slam home run, Pete, if you do one thing. It's a big thing, I'll admit. 
But Curtis Sliwa wants you on your knees apologizing for him telling you a while back about the Nassau Coliseum, about Riverhead. You said he was crazy, doesn't know what he's talking about, and now it turns out he's right. I mean, but this is this a, a legitimate apology request from Curtis Sliwa, Peter? Now, the first you heard about this, my good friend Lance, he texted me this morning. He said that wacko Curtis is taking shots at you. I'm back. Here's the story. Curtis still doesn't know what he's talking about. First of all, he said that Bruce Blakeman was letting immigrants into the Coliseum. Newsday is attacking Bruce because he's refusing to work with Mayor Adams to allow the uh, undocumented immigrants into Nassau County. So that's number one. Number two, we have a news conference this week saying he wouldn't allow it. Thirdly, I don't know what Curtis has been drinking, but Riverhead is not Nassau County. It's in Suffolk County. Bruce Blakeman has nothing to do with Riverhead. So Curtis is off the wall. He's spending too much time sleeping in the office, eating that junk food that he eats, wandering around. He needs sleep. He's got to get rid of some of his cats. <laughs> and and he, he's got to get his breakfast. <laughs> all this comes down to, this is jealousy. He and I went to the same high school. He got thrown out, and I graduated. And he's still looking for his GED, still wandering around like a lost soul, oh wandering God. the subways of New York, oh. trying to find a friend. So, no, he's on his own. I'm out there. I'm, I'm doing what's right. I'm yeah. a genius. Yeah. I'm a superstar. You are? He's just a malingerer. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to pass on the message to Curtis. He can take that as- apology and shove it up his ass, yes? Absolutely. That's way up. <laughs> now, the other day, I could have sworn I received a couple of pictures from you, Melissa, with you and Curtis face-to-face, almost like a Mayweather Pacquiao picture. Yeah, well, here's the story. It's my first day back in the studio. I'm recovering from surgery. I'm doing fine. I'm walking down the hall to do uh, Cats and Cosby and trying to get myself together. And all of a sudden, he comes jumping out from where every sleeps, that side studio there. <laughs> he comes out, and he, start, he starts in again. So thank God Melissa was there. If you notice, she had her arm on his ready to knock him right through the wall. Oh, yeah. yeah. Starts in, so we're pointing fingers at each other. <laughs> it was very close to a uh, mayhem in the hallway. John would, John would have come walking down for the show and seen Curtis on the floor lying there bleeding. He wouldn't know what to do. Hey, listen, but Curtis anyway. Curtis is a tough guy, and I give him credit. 40 years of protecting New Yorkers in the streets. He's got <laughs> zero chance against Melissa Zim. I mean, zero. I don't care who the person is. You can give me... Give me somebody. Give me who's that uh, MMA fighter, the crazy Irishman in his prime, Conor McGregor. He's got no chance against Melissa Zim. None. That was Melissa. Not only is she talented and she's you know really good on security, she's absolutely crazy. And once she gets started on Curtis, she wouldn't stop. I mean, she would just stand there and you know watch his rings bleed. It's crazy. Yeah, but she's crazy in a good way. Unlike George Santos, and now people are coming out yesterday. Melissa's great. Don't get me wrong. Right, she's great. But Santos, now you got Democrats coming out yesterday, and there seems to be a really big move here to expel him. Uh, I talked to a lot of people, as you know, very anecdotal, Peter, but they don't seem to think that's going to happen until this thing moves along legally. Do you think they could expel Santos sooner than later? I hope it's sooner. And if you wait legally, you know, here's that case against him. If he uh, fights that, that could take a good year and a half before he even gets to court. But, however, the Ethics Committee in the House, they can go ahead with their hearings, their investigations, and if they find enough, and they will. They, again, we have to go into you know, all the lies don't mean anything. What really matters is the false documents you filed with the Congress, with, with the government, with the Federal Elections Commission. That is grounds to be uh, expelled from the Congress. They can, I think, complete that in a month or two, and then they can make a recommendation to the full House that he be expelled. And I would think, first of all, you have all the Democrats voted for it. Even though, you know, They wouldn't vote if it was one of their own. But they would vote to get rid of Santos. I think you're going to find 
at least uh, 90 to 100 Republicans who would also vote to expel. The guy doesn't belong in Congress. And let me be very political about this. In Nassau County, we have local elections coming up this year. The Democrats want to tie Santos around the head of every Republican running, saying, you know, the Republicans, the party of George Santos. Now, Joe Cairo will do anything to get rid of uh, George Santos. He has nothing to do with us. So long as he's in Congress, this is a burden we have to carry. He should be out of Congress. He doesn't belong there, both politically and morally and governmentally. George Santos should not be in Congress. It's a disgrace. And I know Kevin McCarthy needs the vote, but he's going to end up losing all the votes next year in the elections in uh, 2024. If Santos is still still there, still hanging around, we have at least four or five Republicans in New York. If I won their elections by one, two, or three points, they can't afford to be having to be, uh, be defending why Santos is yep. still in Congress, even though they want him out. But they're going to be stuck with him. So I wish Kevin McCarthy would just give the word, do what you have to do. He has to go. Let him go. And I said, throw him out. I agree with you. And it makes that, quote-unquote, graduating class, your friend Anthony D'Esposito, Mark Molinaro, Mike Lawler, it really makes them look bad, too. They did nothing wrong. They're all magnificent men, but they're part of that group, you know, that Hall of Fame group, if you will, yeah. that Santos was a part of. And it just, you got to get rid of this clown. You got to. Now, uh, you worked all those years, not just on Long Island, but Homeland Security, Peter, and did an amazing job. You know, I'll never forget, and neither should New Yorkers forget, what you did for 9-11 survivors. I know you had some help, Stuart, some others, but... Really, you dedicated yourself to that, and you did amazing work. So you know all about what goes on, not just in Long Island, but in D.C. as well. This Durham report that came out a couple of days oh, ago, yeah. which completely exonerates Donald Trump, the whole Russian hoax stuff. We knew it was a hoax anyway, but do you think this Durham report shuts up Democrats? The answer is no, but Trump must feel good today, yes? He has to. I was on the Intelligence Committee during that whole investigation, the whole Russia hoax investigation. We'd be down three levels below the ground in the sealed, contained uh, building, getting getting all the testimony. I was into Donald Trump Jr., to whole picks, to all of the people that the Democrats are bringing in, Republicans are bringing in. And I can honestly say, and I said it at the time, is there was not one bit of evidence. We had listened to John Brennan and Jim Comey, these guys, uh, General Clapper. There was nothing there. And yet, then you'd watch CNN that night, there'd be Adam Schiffer, Eric Swalwell, going on about you wouldn't believe what we heard the, ter- the evidence is there donald trump was colluding with the russians there was nothing and listen I, I get along with hillary clinton and bill clinton so i'm not getting into that but the fact is if any campaign was involved with the russians whether they knew it or not it was the clinton campaign they were using a russian intelligence agent to get the steel dossier that's who they reached out to this guy he said he had converted he was a russian intelligence agent giving out all these lies about trump that was part of the fbi investigation then on top of that, you have them submitting false documents to get wiretaps on people like Carter Page. It was never anything to this. Let me give you one quick example. Hope Hicks, who was the top assistant to Donald Trump. She was in there once for eight hours. They were belaboring us. Swalwell, uh, Schiff, all of them. So I'm there, and they asked her the question, has Donald Trump ever told you to lie? She was smart enough to realize this was a perjury trap. So she says, no, except she said, I, if, uh, uh, there was some meeting coming up, and he wanted to meet with the guy. He said, you know, yeah, tell him I'll call him tomorrow. That's, that's the worst ever, a white lie. Next thing I know, remember, all this is supposed to be top secret. These guys, Swalwell and Schiff, are on CNN saying, well, it's just, just today, Hope Hicks admitted right. Donald Trump made her lie. Oh, and that was God. tied into Russia collusion. Right. So the story is that basically she was forced to lie about Russia collusion when she was talking about some wacko businessman who wanted to yeah, have a meeting he wasn't entitled to, and he said, call back some other time. So I'm just using an example of how they twisted all that. 
But again, Don Jr. was in there five, six hours, nothing. I get down the whole list of people. Nothing, nothing, nothing. It's a disgrace. I think it's one of the worst scandals in the history of the country to have a president of the United States basically accused of being a traitor based on nothing. And the media went along with it. The Times should give it back. It's pulled surprise. Washington Post should. I mean, how many headlines did you see about all this Russian collusion? All of it. Yep. All of it was BS. Yep. These aren't even judgment calls. This was absolute lies. And the Democrats propagated it. The media did it. And even probably to this day, a lot of people still believe there must have been something going on. There was nothing. The president who took the toughest action against Russia was Donald Trump. He bombed and killed Russian troops in Syria. He sent uh, armed uh, weapons to the Ukrainians. He gave nothing to the Russians, and yet he was accused of being involved in collusion. Absolute lies. It's a scandal. Politics is politics. This went beyond that. Absolute disgrace. By the way, Joe and Mika said yesterday the dinner report uh, proves nothing, and they still believe he is uh, in bed with the Russians. They weren't alone. So even after this report, and as you just uh, pointed out so well, Peter, that it's complete nonsense, the Democrats, they're still going with it. Anyway, uh, you're great. Another amazing appearance. Let me know the details about the, uh, the car to get it signed by Joseph Abood, and uh, we'll see each other very soon, Peter. Yeah, I love you. Drive his car anywhere. Just say Joseph Abood decided he'll give his... Uh... It's heart and soul to us. <laughs> you great guy. And I tell you, Ina Vernikoff, she was terrific last night. She loves you also. I love no matter her. what I say, these people still love you. <laughs> I love her, too. I know she's got a race coming up, and uh, we want her to win in uh, Brooklyn. And she's involved in those city council races, too. That's quite a one-two pair. I love you both, Peter King and Ina Vernikoff. Peter, thank you again, buddy. Thank you, Seth. We'll see you soon. The great Pete King right here. Exciting 9 o'clock hours still to come your way. Nicole Maliotakis is pissed. She's going to join us. And, yes, my old partner, WFAN Midday Circa 2005. We're going to team up again for the first time in 19 years at a brewery in New Jersey on Friday night. The name of the podcast, you guessed it, Oh, the Pain. Beningo. Next. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, the program Common Sense, the radio station WABC. And uh, we just got the ratings for April. Uh, we did very well here on uh, Common Sense at 9 o'clock, and we thank you all. Sid in the Morning. Wow. Boom. Big radio star. The biggest radio star in New York. Sid Rosenberg. Okay, why? Because he's authentic. That's why he's not a phony. Good sense of humor, curious about life, likes regular folks because he's one of them. So Sid is just knocking it out of the park. Just unbelievable. That's the way the greatest of all time, Bill O'Reilly, started his show last night, 9 p.m. weeknights, WABC, the great Bill O'Reilly. And if you know Bill for a long time, he owned cable news for 30 years. He's not the type of guy to hand out compliments to anyone 
but himself, they say, but he's very nice to me. And what he said last night was surreal for me because I've been a fan of his for decades. But he's right. I am the biggest radio star in New York. That was Carly Simon. We start the fourth and final hour coming off, I will tell you, a 7.5 in March and a 7.1, 12 plus the first week of April. Uh, my next guest was my partner almost two decades ago, and I love him. And I'm excited because for the first time in 19 years, you're going to hear the names Joe Beningo and Sid Rosenberg together again coming up in a special show. Joe has this really popular podcast. It's called Oh, the Pain. And I guess he takes his podcast on the road once a month, does it in front of a live audience. So he invited me, which I'm, I'm humble. Thank you, Joe. Friday night between 7 and 9 at the Hackensack Brewery, Rosenberg and Beningo together again. And here he is. The legend himself, the great Joe Boningo. Good morning, Joseph. Sydney Arthur. I, I, I think it was only fitting that you give me a little, uh, you know, haven't got time for the pain with Carly because I, you know, I got a lot of that, you know, with the teams <laughs> I root for. By the way, the Mets are a disaster. Just I, let, let me just say that disaster, disaster, horrible. Well, uh, Lou Rafino picked out uh, the, the pain part because of your podcast. Who does a great job? He does. He really, yes. I mean, lose yeah. one, and you talk about greatness. You know, forget about you. How about Rafino? Come on. One, he is the best ever at that position. I agree with you. And the Mets are a disaster. I'm going tomorrow with my son, thanks to Pete I Morgan. Heard you say that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, McGill's going to pitch, and I just he don't stinks. care. But, you know, the Yankees to me are more interesting. Look, Radon hasn't pitched yet. They're not healthy in their rotation. They lost Judge for about 10 games. Stanton never plays. They're playing inside a division where everybody's playing better than 500 baseball, and now Tampa Bay is clearly, after 43 games, the best team in baseball, and there's still six games over 500. I think a pretty good job by the Yanks. Hey, look, I mean, the division is brutal. I mean, you know, like you said, I mean, it's the toughest division in baseball. Everybody's over 500. You got this crazy Tampa team where, you know, I don't know anybody on the team. You know, I'm, I'm watching the game last night. Well, I watched it for a while. I guess I watched it till Verlander gave up the second home run. Then I, then I had enough. But, um, you know, uh, they got these guys on the, on the team. You don't even know who they are. They, you know, they, they, they don't have the traditional starting rotation, really, when you think about it. They, every, every game seems to be a bullpen game, and they're 32-11. and 11. And they got the and they got the lowest payroll in baseball. It's unbelievable. And it's every year. I had Christopher Mad, I had uh, Mad Dog Russo on the show yesterday, and I yep. sa- and Doggy's a great baseball guy. I said oh, I said Doggy. Best. I said I got to tell you, I'm watching baseball now for 55 years. I can't tell you a manager that year in and year out does more with less than Kevin Cash. Now we agreed yep. he did, of course, add. But wait a second, no real success in the postseason. I don't care. That team wins 90-plus every year. Like you said, yep. you can't name one player on the team. Kevin Cash is a Hall of Famer. Well, look, I mean, they've done a great job. They did make the one World Series in the, I guess it was the uh, COVID year when they lost to the Dodgers. But outside of that, you're right, man. They are every year. Uh, you know, nobody goes to their games. You know, they play in this, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, airplane hangar or wherever they play down in Tampa. Nobody goes to the games. And, and like I said, their payroll is like the lowest in baseball, and you can't name anybody, and all they do is win. It's crazy. Uh, the other team I brought up with, Doggy, is San Diego, because if you looked at the start of the season, Joe, the expectations for both the Mets here right. and the Padres on the West Coast, adding Bogarts to that lineup, and I think they're both 20 and 23, said Sid, that is a great comparison. They've mirrored yeah. each other. Huge expectations, both playing really lousy baseball, Mets and Padres, Joe. 
Yeah. Hey, look, you know, look, honestly, Sid, I could care less about the Padres. All right. I, I, I only care about my team. And I can tell you right now that Mets are in major trouble. Their pitching staff stinks. You know, if I'm going to get this from Verlander, what I got last night, please. Uh, I'm, I, I know Scherzer had a decent start the last time out. I have no confidence. I think he's, uh, if he's not shot, he's closing in on that. Uh, you know, Peterson just got sent to the minor leagues. He's terrible. McGill's not any good. You know, uh, Sanger's eh. You know, you got, I guess, Carrasco's going to pitch this week. He's back from the IL. He's going to be pitching this week. And they're just not any good. They, no. they don't hit enough. Can they bring these kids up, Mark? Uh, uh, Sid, can they bring Mark Vientos up, please? Guy hits home run every night. Can you bring up Ronnie Mauricio? Get rid of There's a lot of dead weight on this team. Get rid of Luis Guillaume. I've had enough of this guy. Can you, oh, Starling Marte looks shot. Let me tell you, Starling Marte is not the same guy. No. Not only is he not hitting, Sid, but you watch him in the outfield. He doesn't make plays on balls. He would he should be yeah. eating up. I agree. This, yeah. This guy does not. They no. they got to bring these kids up. Let them all play. They got Beatty up here now. They got Alvarez. Let me see these other couple kids and let's go. Right, five more minutes here with the great Joe Beningo. I had uh, Joe Namath on the show on Friday. First right. time I had a chance to talk to Joe since Aaron Rodgers officially became a New York Jet. Now, unlike other shows, when Joe was on with me, he's honest. Every other show, he's like, "We're always going to win," and he's been really down on this show about the Jets for years. But but. Right. He's got a rebound excitement, and he does think Aaron Rodgers makes your Jets, Joe, a Super Bowl contender today. Well, look, they got to win, and they got to win big. There's no, there's no more gray area anymore. Uh, I said this year, Sid, minimum division title and home playoff win. That's the least I would accept this year. You can't give me ten and seven and make the playoffs and lose in the first round and tell me it was a good year. All right, I want to hear that. You can't, you can't go 9-8 and eight and not make it and say, oh, well, we had a winning season. No. They have to win big. I think he's going to be here for two years. And, you know, like I said, the minimum I want this year, look, they've won two. All you need to know, here's all you need to know, Sid. I think you know this. The Jets have won two division titles since the merger in 1970. That number, again, is two. <laughs> they played seven home playoff games in their entire history, okay, going back even to the AFL days. Okay, seven is the number. It's time to win the division. It's time to win a home playoff game. And it's certainly time yeah. after what will be next year, 55 years, to win the Super Bowl. Agreed. They have gotten uh, one game away four times. Times, once with Richard Todd, once with yep. Benny Testaverde, and twice with Mark Sanchez. Correct. Four times, one game away, but nothing since 69. Right. So are you ready? All on the road, by the way, yes. may I add. All four on the road. Uh, are you ready? I was at the one that Todd lost to Miami at the Orange right. Bowl. Right. Woody Bennett touchdown. Are you ready uh, in the New Jersey, ball. where I'm going to meet you, of course, coming up on a Friday night, for the influx of illegals about to hit Saddlebrook? <laughs> Oh my God! Well, I'm in Mawa, so but I, bro, it's all, I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, what's going on right now in the city? It's 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 a joke. I mean, I mean, where are they put they put they're putting them in the uh, in gyms now. Yeah, in high in school schools. gyms they're putting them. No little I'm kids. Listening to your, the wonderful governor Kathy Oakland. How did she beat Lee Zeldin? Oh my! What? Did, oh my God! Hey, listen. Anyway. As bad as she is, your governor Phil Murphy is every bit as bad. But it does. Oh, no, he's bro. Oh, no, Murphy's bro. Yeah, but oh, it does go back no, to no, the. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. I didn't say we were talking about Oakle. Murphy's terrible no, too, of course. But it does go back to an ongoing conversation. You and I have. In fact, uh, I spoke to Craig and Evan yesterday, and right. I sent them the invitation for Friday night. And the first thing Evan Roberts said to me was, your former partner, I know you worked together just last week one day. First thing he said to me was, if you really want to make Joe happy, when you go on Friday night, show up with Trump. <laughs> <laughs> show up with Don? Yes. 
That would be interesting. <laughs> uh, I, 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 hey, you know, you know how I feel about him. I'm telling you, man, Don, uh, how good is Don? Uh, uh, how good was it seeing him wipe the floor uh, with that CNN interview? And could could this girl, what's her name, Caitlin Collins? Yes. I mean, come on. I mean, could you could you try to be at least a little engaging? You know what I mean, Sid? Instead of just being an absolute, you know, not, I, I mean, you couldn't get it. I mean, stiff is the word. I mean, you're just nothing. You got nothing from her. It was unbelievable. No, she was, was tremendous that night. He tremendous. was great, and he, he was right. She was nasty, unprofessional. Oh, of course. My friend just told me the Mets just called up Viento, so God hurt oh, you. Did they finally yeah. call Viento something? Yes. It's about time. Yeah, Napolitano told me. So for folks that uh, are going to show up on Friday night, Oh, the Pain, I've been a guest once. Yes. It's a great podcast. It's it is. The legend, Joe, it is. The legend, if you don't tell himself. No, you, so, well, hold on. <laughs> so you sit there to praising yourself. Now, yeah. you know me. I don't do that. Yeah. You sit to yourself. You, to the, to the, you got Bill O'Reilly praising you. You got yeah. Don praising you. You got DeSantis praising you. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. The only person not Crazy is is uh, Joe. You know? I think he's the only one. It's true, but, but that's always been my nature. You're a much more humble guy, but you are great. You are a legend. You are the best. Your podcast is great. So people who show up on Friday night, Joe Beningo, what are they going to get? Well, they're going to get Sydney Author and me. I mean, it's just like the old days. You know, you notice it. If if things had gone a little differently, you know, back in the old days when you and I were together, yeah. if if things had gone a little different, we 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 would have had one of the great shows of all time. You know that. I, I believe that. that. In fact, I, I tell you, Mark Tornoff once said to me, and we know how things went. But right. but if things went as you would say differently, a lot of people thought we were going to be the next Mike and the Mad Dog, but better. Yeah. Well, you know, his, I, look. Uh, with me being with, with me being the straight man to you, how could it be bad? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Think about that for a yeah, second. No, I mean, me fun. being the straight man to the great Sydney Arthur Rosenberg, how could it be, how could it be bad? No, we oh, had fun. We had fun. And, and look, yeah. you and I both come from the same school. You won a contest. I basically got into it because right. Danielle found a job in, in, in Florida. Right. Neither one, neither By you. Way, is Danielle coming tomorrow night? Are we going to see the lovely Danielle tomorrow night? I haven't seen her in years. She is coming. She's excited. She loves Joe Beningo. She loves your wife, Terry, as well. Last time I saw Danielle, she was yelling at me when I was walking up the stairs behind her. To, you know, we won't get into what she was saying, but remember that time we were going to that movie that time and she's screaming at me? <laughs> oh, because you were looking at, uh, what's her name's ass? The one from ESPN. <laughs> She was, she, was, she was a step in front of me. What am I doing? What am I doing? What, am I doing? what am I doing? I know. What is that girl's name again? She was on uh, the show in the morning. Uh, Jacobson. Now? Dana Jacobson. Oh, Dana Jacobson. She, yeah, she used to be on in the morning on, um, what, on the CBS Sports Network. Right? Yes. She still, and, she still works for CBS, I think. She, she still, still does. She, CBS Sports? I think so. No, no, she does uh, CBS News on the weekends. Is that what she does? Yeah. Okay. But it was the four of us that day. But Danielle loves you. Tomorrow night's going to be great. We're really looking forward to it. And, and Joe, it's 7 to 9, is that right? That's right, Sid. 7 and, to 9. And where is Hackensack Brewery exactly? It's uh, 78 Johnson Avenue in beautiful, as Billy Joel once said, who needs a house out in Hackensack, New Jersey. Well, I keep saying tomorrow night. I apologize. Thank you, Lou. It's not, it tomorrow, not tomorrow, tomorrow night. It's Friday, Friday night. night. Right. So you it show up tomorrow. You show up tomorrow. Hey, uh, by the way, how'd your interview with Don go? How'd that go? Oh, good, could, right? It couldn't have been better. It couldn't have been better. I mean it. It was 18 minutes. Right. And uh, he was in a great mood because the night before he felt like he demolished Caitlin Collins. Yeah, yeah. His yep. numbers went up again that morning. Right. Uh, and, and he was very, very sweet to me. He really was. It was great. Uh, your daughter, Erin, did tell me this, that parking may be an issue on Friday night. Is that true? 
Parking could be an issue, but we'll make sure that there's, the parking is not an issue for you. Okay. You know what I mean, Sid? Okay. Like we, you will, like we will be make sure that you are escorting, you are escorted into your proper okay. place. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Now, am I the only one going to be? It's like Jody McDonald coming or Donnie no, Barrett. Jody McDonald's not going. You, it's, it's you and me, Sid. That's it. Well, hold on a minute. I have you. Do I need more than you? No. Sure, no. Sidney Arthur Rosenberg, the most no. talented guy I know. I mean, let's be honest. When when you just look at pure talent, you know what I mean? Just pure talent. Is there really anybody better than you, sir? Oh, you are. Thank you. I, I, I mean, really. You are. Stop. You are. I love give you. Give me Don. No, they, they, the one guy better than you is Don. I'll give you Trump, fine. Uh, you give me Don, right? Okay. <laughs> I'll give you you, too. Uh, I can't wait to see you, buddy. Seriously, I'm honored that you even asked me to do it, Joe. I really am. I'm excited to do it. We'll have a lot of fun. 7 to 9, Friday night, not tomorrow. Hackensack. Not tomorrow. Brewery. You don't come there tomorrow. You won't see me tomorrow. <laughs> right, the great Joe Beningo and me. Joseph, I love you. Great job this morning. Thank you. Sydney Arthur, nothing but love, bro. God bless you. See you, see you on Friday. I can't Amen. wait. Uh, that's such a super guy. He is such a great, loyal friend going on 25 years with Joe Beningo and talented. Come on. Well, look who's talking, Joe Beningo. Look who's talking. We'll, uh, we'll take a short break. We'll come back and talk to Nicole Maliotakis. I love Nicole. She's pissed. And she should be. Justin Brannon, the city council. What's going on with crime and all these illegals? She back for another visit because she's terrific. Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis about to deliver a whoop-ass on these Democrats. She coming up next. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Sunny. Yesterday my life was filled with rain. Sunny. You smiled at me and really eased the pain. Now the dark days are done and the bright days are here. My sunny one shines so sincere. Sunny one so true. I love you. Oh, my hamstring is still killing me, by the way. Just killing me. All right, Nicole Maliotakis does a terrific job, Congresswoman, Staten Island, Brooklyn. You know, I mentioned Nicole yesterday when the Staten Island Borough President Vito Pocella was on the show. That story about the 14-year-old little boy involved, he didn't do it. But I guess he was involved in that stabbing, some girl stabbed somebody. And the uh, the grand jury in Staten Island said, nah, we're not going to charge him because they actually blamed Nicole and Vito for making the case more about social justice reform than about a crime. And I may be wrong on some of these details. I don't think I am, but I may be. So that'll that'll uh, get me to bring in Nicole. Nicole, am I right in some of those details that they were more concerned about you and Vito's political views than the possibility that a young teenager did something wrong? Well, actually, it was a Daily News op-ed. Uh, look, the reality is is that society is deteriorating, and we need to start teaching our young people that there are consequences for their actions. Um, I'm concerned that the mayor dismantling uh, any type of uh, consequences in our schools, any type of discipline in our schools, under this was Bill de Blasio that did that, um, coupled with raise-the-age laws that have become a gang recruitment act, 
uh, where they're now getting young kids to do their dirty work, including car thefts, by the way. If you talk to the NYPD, they will tell you it's 14, 15, 16-year-olds that are stealing these cars that are that have led to um, sky, it's skyrocketing uh, thefts on Staten Island across New York City. Uh, they're, and they're taking these cars, they're going to New Jersey, they're shipping them overseas, these international criminal organizations, uh, to sell them in Africa and Dominican Republic. And they're using young people to do their dirty work because there are no consequences. Um, so there, there is a, a common theme here. And when we hear about violent actions from young people, you know, they need, they need to be addressed. And I think that, number one, obviously parents, but schools, uh, and there needs to be consequences. Yeah, parents especially. Some of these kids have got no parents, let's be honest. Uh, let's get to Justin Brennan. You texted me twice yesterday, and both times you said, let's go after him. I have no issue doing that. He was on the show a couple of weeks ago. I wouldn't vote for him in a billion years. Now, uh, I did uh, have Curtis Sliwa on this morning. He was pumping up Ari Kagan in that race. And my friend Inna Vernikov, she likes uh, this lady, Ann, or Annie, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but the truth is, Justin Brannon is just bad. I've known him for 20-plus years. Nice enough kid back in the radio business. But he stands for everything wrong, including what I read that you sent me in the New York Post yesterday. Tell folks about this new jail population review that was passed last Thursday. Yeah, so, uh, you know, again, uh, Bill de Blasio released 1,500 people from jail in COVID. Uh, they keep releasing people because they want to close Rikers Island. Um, you know, there's no bail policy. People don't even uh, think about who's going to Rikers these days, right? You have to be really the worst of the worst yeah. because um, there really is, you know, you have to murder or rape, something really severe to actually end up in Rikers these days. And here comes the city council. Uh, including Justin Brannon, who represents Brooklyn, Southern Brooklyn, uh, part of my district. And he votes to allow for more release, more review, to release more individuals, uh, which is completely outrageous. Now, Ari Kagan, who who is, was a Democrat, now he's a Republican, um, switched parties because he had enough of their nonsense. Uh, Coleman Yeager, uh, you know, Bob Holden of Queens, those two are Democrats as well. They voted against this bill, and I give them a lot of credit for doing so, standing up against the mob of the city council, uh, because we need to protect public safety. Now, this just, you know, Justin Brandon will talk about public safety in Brooklyn, but then he'll go to the city council, he'll vote to, to slash one-sixth of the NYPD budget. Uh, remember that vote a couple of years ago? And he actually, he, he actually denied doing that. It was reminiscent. He denied that when I had him on a couple of weeks ago. And it kind of reminded me in your race against the Democrat Max Rose, you know, when he denied marching that day with the BLM folks that also, uh, of course, want to get rid of police and defund police. Very similar. And ironically, Nicole, they're both Democrats. Well, the funny thing is, is that there's an actual vote record for this one. We had Max on video marching. Uh, with the defund movement, but then this one's actually on record. It was a $1 billion cut to the NYPD, which, by the way, later they then decided uh, they backtracked on it because things got so bad in the city. But he, his intention was to cut the full $1 billion from the NYPD. And then now, what you see, wanting to release more criminals on the street. And then on top of it, demanding that the federal government, that we provide more funding so the city can continue putting individuals in shelters. So continue this madness that we're seeing right now because the mayor has misinterpreted 
the right to shelter law, which was meant for homeless New Yorkers, not for individuals well, when you who say mis- over the border last week. Right, because last week he said he suspended the right to shelter, and he got a lot of applause for that, but you're saying slow down just a little bit, yes? <laughs> yeah, of course we had to read the fine print on this one as well. And it turns out that uh, because hotels were at capacity, he was no longer going to house them in luxury hotel rooms, which came at a tremendous cost to the taxpayers. But now he's shifting to schools, kicking kids out of their gymnasiums after they dealt with two years of school closures, of, of, of a lack of physical activity. We have an obesity issue uh, as a result, um, social issues as a result. Um, and they want to kick these kids out of their gyms to house migrants. And, and in Sunset Park, by the way, which is one of the most um, diverse uh, immigrant communities in our city, uh, one-third of the kids did not show up to school because parents are concerned, rightfully yep. so. Yep. And the, le- the, the least thing they can afford to do now after the COVID disaster and the teachers' union is have kids miss school again over this, not just kids in schools, but kicking veterans, veterans out of upstate hotels. I mean, it really turned out to be disgusting. And that goes back again to Justin Brennan. You know, he's out there, whether it's parks or shelters or schools or hotels, uh, he's okay with all of that. And then when he's asked, he's like, well, I didn't know about that. And Curtis Sliwa told me this morning he's flat out lying. Once again, Justin Brennan. Yeah, well, I mean, and, that, and that's the thing. And, and, look, this year we have an opportunity to actually defeat Justin Brennan. Uh, he won by 400 votes. He squeaked by um, last cycle. And, you know, the funny thing about the Democrats is both he and the state senator that represents southern Brooklyn, they had to redraw their lines to actually protect themselves because their constituents are so angry and disenchanted with the way that they have not represented them properly. Okay. Continuing to vote for these laws that make us less safe, continuing to, to push for more funding to, to give uh, individuals who just crossed over our border illegally uh, shelter and food and health care. Um, people are disenchanted and rightfully so. And so we have that opportunity. I think Ari Kagan is probably the best candidate to help us defeat him. Remember, the Southern Brooklyn has changed. We are seeing conservatives, Republicans being elected. We are now up to six. Remember a couple of years ago when it was just uh, you, you and me talking about I was the only Republican representing Brooklyn yes. at that time. Yes. We are now there's now six of us. OK, we picked up four assembly seats. We have Ina Vernikov. Um, we are doing extraordinarily well. And this year's the opportunity to also defeat Justin Brannon, who has uh, really done a disservice for the community, continuing to vote for policies that make us less safe. And um, that's that's what we're gonna. That's what people need to do and pay attention to that race. All right, so on the way out, you've been a little hesitant to endorse anybody. You know, I know Inna likes Ann again, but um, you've been a little hesitant. But the primaries are coming up here next month, and, of course, the election is in November. So we're at that crunch time, and you've mentioned Ari Kagan's name a couple of times this morning in favorable ways. So is it fair to say, Nicole, you are endorsing Ari Kagan? Well, I'm going to come back on your show, and I'll make a more formal endorsement at that time. Okay. But, look, the reality is that right now my focus is to get this mayor to acknowledge that he misinterpreted the right to shelter law, and that if all 8 billion people came to New York City, they would not be entitled to free housing, as he suggests. Um, and in addition to that, get pressure on the president to, to actually secure the border, or Senator Schumer, 
The House passed its border security bill. Okay, it would this would stop it. What's going on right now? Yeah. Senate has done nothing under the no. leadership of Chuck Schumer. Nothing. We need him to do something as well. So get your, please get your listeners to call Schumer's office and tell him, gee, if you don't like the House bill, at least pass your bill. And let's try to reconcile the two and do something. But he has done absolutely nothing to address this or the debt limit crisis we're facing. He's done nothing in 40 years. What do you mean this or the debt limit crisis? He's done nothing in 40 years. And I'll tell you, I had Vicky Palladino on earlier, another brave, great American out of Queens, council member. And I said, what if Eric Adams said tomorrow, no, that's it, we're done. We've taken in 60000 I'm putting him in schools, I'm not okay with that. And he said yesterday, I'm not okay with that. I'm done, I'm finished, sorry, Mr. President, sorry, national government. We're going to turn these buses right around and send them to the White House, you know, maybe to the garden in front of the White House. What if Eric Adams just said no? Could he do that? Well, you see the other counties, right, launching lawsuits, trying to stop the mayor from sending individuals there. There's no reason why this mayor can't do the same. We see Florida suing the federal government to stop releasing people into the interior without court dates, without even knowing where they're going. Okay, very irresponsible in a post-9-11 world when we have seen already dozens of people on the terrorist watch list coming over. And also when we see fentanyl streaming into our city, and our country. Remember, the drug cartels have set up an operation in the country. 3,000 individuals were arrested over the last year by the Drug Enforcement Agency, uh, basically cracking down on what the Mexican drug cartels are doing in the interior. How did they get here to do this network? Well, it's Joe Biden's open borders, and we need to stop that right now. So there's a lot of things that are wrong with it. And you're not anti-immigrant to say that you want to have a secure border. I'm the daughter of immigrants, and like I told you before, this school, which is mostly immigrant students, a third of the students did not come up to school because the parents are concerned. You can't have people coming into our country who we don't know where they're coming from, who they are, and and what their intentions are. We have a process in place to apply. We could increase work visas, um, uh, family-sponsored visas. Uh, We need to add more judges to differentiate between asylum seekers and those who aren't. We could use the work visas to address some of our labor shortage issues, but we need to do it with an order, not what this president has done, which is an absolute disaster, and it's unsustainable, and now it's hurting not just uh, our taxpayers, but look at the kids in the schools that are being tossed out of their gym class uh, so migrants can sleep in their schools. It's just outrageous. Nicole, excellent job. Not good, excellent. Thank you for hopping on this morning. Uh, you made it very, very clear that city council race is important. Got to get Justin Brandon out. Touched on a bunch of very big-time topics. Nailed them all. Thank you so much. We'll do it again very soon. You're great. Thanks. Thank you, Sid. All right. Nicole Maliotakis right there, the great congresswoman. We're lucky to have her. Trust me. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent health care provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. 
So go to trylifemd.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Boy, now it's time for Sid's Take. It's Sid's Take, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. All right. Justin Ellick here, your host for the... Peerless Spoilers, Sid's Take Trivia Game, sponsored again by Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers. Go to PeerlessSpoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com, find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers. Our contestant today, Steve, out in Floral Park. Steve, we got to blow right through this. We are running low on time. What's going on, Stevie? I'm enjoying this show as usual. Mm-hmm. Great, buddy. Well, uh, today we got which came first Wednesday. I'll give you two events or two inventions, and you'll have to tell me which of them came first, okay? Okie doke. All right, number one, the pop... Pocket calculator or Bluetooth? Pocket calculator. Fair enough. One for one. Under number two. Grease or Saturday Night Fever? Saturday Night Fever. Very good. Two for two. Under number three. Bubblegum or the Civil War? I'm going to say bubblegum. No. The Civil War, 1860s. Bubblegum, 1928. On to number four, two for three. Who received the Nobel Peace Prize first, Henry Kissinger or Martin Luther King? Martin Luther King. Very good. Three for four. On to number five in an attempt to go four for five. A very good performance out of you, Steve, so far. Walt Disney World or The Last Execution by Guillotine in France? The last execution. There you go. No, not there. Not there. You go. There. Well, yeah. there, there. You don't go. Yeah, that's a force of habit. Okay. <laughs> We're good. We're ready to go. It's your turn. City is back in the studio here. We'll give a shot at him. Steve did well. Three for five. Remember when Curtis said earlier this morning, "The place we all know it." Mm-hmm. The next one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was right. I've been there many, many times. The Q Motor Inn. Oh, wow. Like St. John's University. Sure. You used to have the Tarzan room. They had, like, the actual jean outfit and a rope. You know, the short-stay motels. You yeah, know? yeah, right. I've been to the Q-Motor many times. I've never been Everybody's in my Everybody's nodding their head. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah. So mm. that's uh, the newest one. Curtis will have all the info for you coming up at noon. And I do want to thank my buddy from Williamsburg, who's going to make sure that me and Gabe get on the field tomorrow. Oh, that's nice. When we go to the Metsways game. That yes. was great. The man from Williamsburg, I love him. Yeah, cool. What do I got to get to win? Uh, you got to go four for five. At uh, least. I... Uh, all right. Uh, no, no, which came first? The pocket calculator or Bluetooth? Pocket calculator. There you go. Spectacular. Oh, God, sorry. <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. On to number two. Grease or Saturday Night Fever? Saturday Night Fever. Okay. The order was for JT, my guy. Saturday Night Fever, then Grease, then Urban Cowboy. Only a year apart. Closer than you might think. Grease yeah. and Saturday. It was close. Yeah. yeah. On to number three, Bubblegum or the Civil War? Oh, that's a good one. I think they were chewing bubblegum during the Civil War. Mm. Bubblegum. Now. 
Whatever. Bubblegum, 1928. The Civil War was in the 1860s. Oh, okay. Yeah. On to number four. Two for three. Who received uh, the Nobel Peace Prize first? Nobel Peace Prize winner first. Well. Henry Kissinger or Martin Luther King Jr.? I'm okay. Oh. Three for four. In an attempt to win today's game. How you feeling? Walt Disney World or the last execution by guillotine in France. How do you even put those two things together? What kind of <laughs> sick Walt Disney World or the last guillotine execution in France? Yeah. Some people say the Walt Disney World feels like an uh, It really guillotine. does. Well, what is with these fat people walking around eating those turkey legs all greasy and gross with their Ohio State sweatshirts on in 90-degree weather? Yeah. Are you going to give me an answer? Do you care? Guillotine in France. Mm. Oh. The last execution by guillotine was in 1977. <laughs> How great is that? Is that right? Yeah. Poor guy. All right. Oh, that's great. Well, you tied today's game. Well, if you ask me, what would I rather see live? No, go to Disney yeah. or see the guillotine? <laughs> That'll be the guillotine. I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, 100%. Does that, that make me a sicko? Yeah. Or? I would, Imagine I would, line for that. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to watch a public execution. So would I. I would love it. I mean, I, I'd have to hate the person. Yeah, right. Obviously, obviously right. it would have to be somebody you hate. Yes. Yeah, you hate them, and yeah. it would be a lot of if fun. If anybody could do it, Walt Disney could do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll come back and wrap things up right Mommy, after this. I want to go. <laughs> It's Sid's Take, sponsored by Earless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Oh, good tune. Alright. SNF, baby. Little night fever. Brooklyn in the house. 2001 Space Odyssey. Crazy Country Club. Where's my boy Uncle Fester? We're done for today. Been a uh, really a great show. I want to thank all of our guests. Thursdays are always big here. Bill O'Reilly, Judge Napolitano, Bo Deedle. They'll be a host of others. I'm going to go um, join Brian Kilmeade. So if you're listening to the station all day, you're going to hear me again coming up at 1130 with Brian Kilmeade on his National Fox News radio show. Then later on tonight, I'll be across the street, Empire Steakhouse, with John and A.J. Katsimatidis for John's book signing. I love them both. Busy day ahead, but I'll be back tomorrow morning unless I get hurt again. So until then, from all of us to all of you, enjoy this gorgeous Wednesday afternoon in New York City. an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you, but don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.